Welcome to Swimming with Sepsi, where we break down various life topics, bring on inspirational guests to talk about their lives, their experiences, and encourage you to swim through your own inner thoughts, emotions, and feelings to inspire a change within you that will hopefully lead to an outer change in your own personal reality. I ask that throughout this episode and all future episodes that you come with an open mind, an open heart, and a willingness to look at yourself in a different way and to look at the world in a different way. I'm grateful for each and every one of you that's tuned in in this current moment, and I look forward to sharing many more moments with you. And with that, let's dive on in. that down to a science i know i love that yeah all right welcome to swimming with sepsi again your co-host nikki tomachesky and your host yours truly joshua sepsi today (laughs) you guys are in for it you guys are in for a long one yeah this is gonna be a two-parter um so stay tuned uh first half and second half but this is uh, something that's near and dear to my heart. <laughs> <laughs> I guess it's it's, core, it's kind of just like a story of uh, what happened to me to get me where I am today. Um, some people would call it awakening. Sometimes I used to refer to it as the accident. <laughs> um, my parents will call it... Uh, I don't even know what they call it an accident. I don't know. Near death experience. Mm. Dang. Um, do, do they see it as an awakening? Is do your parents see it as that? Uh, I don't know how my parents really view it. My mom is just grateful that I'm alive. Mm. Um, my dad, sort of the same, but he's also just really curious and like watching my journey mm. now. Okay. more closely after everything happened because he doesn't necessarily understand. Yeah. And neither does my mom. Mm. And sometimes I've almost like I don't want to say outgrow that, outgrew that phase mm-hmm. or you know, have found my way back to that state without being manic mm. or being um, Are you paranoid or something thank about you. it? That's the word. I was looking for the par- word paranoid. Yeah. Um, so basically, what we're about to get into is I'd just call it my story um, of how I got to be where I am. How I under you know was maybe shocked awake into gifts, abilities, things that I. Maybe I've lied dormant for the first 
20 years of my life. Yeah. That happened right as I was, <coughs> right before I turned 21. Actually, around Easter time. Back in like 20, was it 2014? 2014, 2015, somewhere in there, I think. I think the year of 2014, and then I moved out here in Arizona, the turning of the new year of 2015. Okay, wow. Like, so I got here, like, December 27th is when we first made our way into Arizona. <clears throat> so this was all in a time frame of, like, five months. Wow. Um, but what we're about to talk about first was all in a time frame about two weeks okay um so and you said this happened while you're out here in arizona no or this before I, this was before okay Damn. So this, this was when i was living in chicago <clears throat> uh, i was going to school the illinois art institute um it's actually closed down due to like malpractice of bringing in students so that school is no longer wow no longer go to that school uh, happened like a couple of years after I left, but basically I was studying. I was going to culinary school, and um, my buddy and I, he was doing graphic designing, uh, and I wanted to go to culinary school. I wanted to learn how to cook, be a chef, and he was already in graphic design at the same kind of institute, just in a different town. And I was like, "What do you say we, you know, move into the city together and roommate?" And, you know, go to school because I want to go to culinary and they have a culinary program. He's like, sure. So we, you know, did all the paperwork. We would fucking ride the train in get everything done. And it was really awesome. And we got everything situated, just the two of us and um, moved in. And, you know, normally, you know, he got a job out there. I didn't have a job for a while, but then he got me a job at Mariano's grocery store. Oh, okay. The dairy department, you know, stocking milk and cheese and yogurt and fucking doing all this other stuff throughout. But uh, we we really, that's all we did. We played NHL. We studied. You know, we on our Xbox. We played NHL. Mm. Um, we studied. We smoked weed. Mm-hmm. That was, like, it. I remember one time we, like, tried to, like, go out somewhere. Someone had, like, invited us somewhere. But we were only 20 at okay. the time. So we weren't necessarily of age to go to bars or anything. Mm-hmm. And we were going to the, we were going to our buddy's place. And, like, there was, like, a fight going on outside. And we were stoned and kind of, like, just sketched. And we didn't even <laughs> go to the party. We just kind of, like, walked <laughs> past. And we're like, this is why we don't go out. <laughs> Dude, this that's is, so me. Why, that's so like, me right this now. This is why we just stay yeah. in, focus, and we'll work. Do our, mind do our, our business. Yeah, like, do what we need to do. Get through this, bitch. Yeah, so, um, so this story started uh, when it all began. I had, oh, careful. Do you need to fix that? Fix the bag. Yeah, we had just some weight issues. Yeah. All right. Flip the bag up all the, all the way. Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Let me make sure that's not even... I don't think it'll be in the shot. Yeah. That's cool. Okay, you can zoom in or something. Okay. 
Um, so, started off, I used to have um, a dealer that lived in like the the uh, the complex we lived in for our our students. So I used to have. I would never have to Easy go anywhere for... to like try and get my weed. I don't even know how. Honestly, I have no idea how I met this guy. Mm. I don't remember that story. But uh, they kind of just show up in your life when you need them. Yeah, it was perfect. <laughs> the dude would just move. He'd come down, get my shit, and go. I was like, "This is beautiful. I never have to leave the building." <laughs> but um, there was one time. Where he was out of town, so I had to get it from a new source. Mm. Um, now I don't have to worry about that. I mean, I don't really smoke that much anymore, actually, but you know, I can go to a store, which is nice. So um, I asked a coworker of mine that we had, you know, worked at Mariano's with for quite a while, um, and she was chill. She was reliable. She was just, you know, a homie. So she, you know, got us a little bag of. Bag of schwad, bag of weed. Um, Cause everything's better with a bag of weed. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's the um, So we got this like new strain. I mean, it wasn't anything big, and we had like a vape um, at the time. It was like one of the first vaporizers, where it was like a coil, and you could put the. Weed I remember in, that, dude. And then it would burn it, and you'd vape it. But ours was like ours would like never work. Mm. I don't know what it was. We, like, couldn't figure out. I don't know if it was like the battery wasn't in there all the way or what was going on. But, like, it only worked maybe, like, two out of, the th- I don't know, a couple times that we were able to try to use it. Dang. Otherwise, we were just, you know, smoking out of a, my mini bong. But uh, we didn't smoke that much of that strain. And I remember this is how it all began of, like, what felt like just an influx of communication or influx of insight, intuition, um, influx of knowledge. I, I don't don't really know what to call it. Um, but we had a buddy of mine visiting and you know me and me and my roommate we smoked a little bit and our buddy he at the time he didn't really smoke because he just had like anxiety and he's like it boosted his anxiety and he didn't want to so it's not a big deal so me and him stayed awake talking and my roommate passed out just always used to pass out from smoking weed (laughs) (laughs) so he passed out but me and my buddy um all three of us were just very good best friends growing up and we got into like these this like really deep conversation um, we started talking about life. We started talking about death. We started talking about, you know, religion, what happens when you die. Heck yeah. You know, and you know, we were up until four in the morning. Um, but the questions and the things that I was, like, formulating that were happening, like, it all just seemed to make sense. Mm-hmm. Um, don't recall too much of the conversation because um, it was so long ago. I do know that those are the topics we were talking about. There was one point where, though, it, it drove me down really to, and I was just trying to get him to actually understand basically what I tell you guys all the time is just have an open mind. Take everything as, you know, you don't have, I'm not trying to get you to believe what I'm saying. Like, 
you know, if I talk about afterlife and, you know, why some people, that why there's ghosts, you know, they just get trapped in a space because it's high, high emotional space and that's all they know and they get trapped mm-hmm. on this plane um, and are ghosts. That's why the only places are haunted and not, you know, um, mostly only places are haunted. I'm sure there's some experiences where people get haunted, maybe, I don't know. Um, so we got onto that and I, I remember it brought me down into this space of everything just started as a thought. And I think we talked about this on one episode, but that is where, when I read that, I was like, or when I heard that, everything just started as a thought. The wheel, you know, you're trying to create this. Here's a thought, and I brought it into fruition. This is going back to the concept of manifestation and creation, that humans started having thoughts. I'm sure we always did, but... And then our brains just started developing and we started having thoughts and creating the thoughts that we had. Mm-hmm. Um, so then it's like, I got, I got, I mean, I take this sometimes so deep as to think like, okay, well, if we're thinking, you know, maybe we were in the very beginning, um, we thought of aliens and then the aliens were created. Mm-hmm. We were always thinking about other life out there and then they finally reached us and blah, blah, blah. Something mm-hmm. like that. I don't know. When we were like, you know, hunters and gatherers. I, yeah. I but, but that, so that was like the, the triggering <coughs> point was like, everything is just a thought. Mm-hmm. And I remember laying in bed and I was like, I need a Bible. I need to read what, what, what this is going. I need to read what's happening in the Bible. Because I felt like there was like messages and things I had missed before. Mm-hmm. Had you um, had like, were you religious before that? Or like, had you like read the Bible before that? I mean, like a little bit. I was mm-hmm. raised... My grandma's going to kill me. I was raised Catholic or Christian, mm-hmm. one of the two. I, <laughs> I don't necessarily remember. Okay. Um, sorry, Grandma. <laughs> um, but, yeah, so I had that very, that like, religious growing up background. Mm-hmm. I mean, throughout high school, I stopped going. You know, I got my confirmation, and, like, was that was it. Um, but I had this... Every time I would go to church, I always had this odd connection with seeing Jesus on the cross. Mm. Like, ever since I was young, I would just, like, stare at him. Because they always have him in the church. They always have him just, like, huge in there somewhere behind the altar or whatever. Mm-hmm. And so I would just stare at him, and I would just feel this really odd connection. Like, I am you, you are me kind of deal. Yeah. Like, all the time. And it... It was just really weird, but it got heightened during this period, and we'll get into that, which is really strange. Um, so that, you know, the next day, everything was, you know, normal. We, we went about our day, but I got started to get to the point where I was making interconnections in my own mind, and this was happening for about two weeks where almost like when you're doing like a healing of your own mind, you're making deep connections of why you are this way mm-hmm. and why things are the way they are. And I was going back into my past of why I was like this, why I was like this, why I was like this, and making connection all the way back to when I was really young and having these like aha mm-hmm. moments. And those were happening almost every second of the day. Yeah. Throughout the whole day. So I was like doing like some inner healing journey all the time. And it was just this, 
I was like having this profound like holy shit like <laughs> that's what that is and then like going even into like spaces of like religion of like I was I started getting deep into like the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, and like those three things. And I was like, "There's the fourth. Why is there no one talking about the fourth? The Amen, mm-hmm. the one that seals it, the whole circle." Like, mm-hmm. and I was getting into this part, and I, oh my gosh, it was crazy. Um, and so I, I remember telling my buddy because we hadn't smoked that much, and I was like, I was like, I remember, I was like, "Do you ever just feel stoned still, like throughout your day?" Like, you just feel high, mm-hmm. and you haven't even smoked. He's like, no, not really. You know, I just, that's how I felt. Mm-hmm. I always felt high. I always felt of this state of euphoria, this state of, like, lightness, this state of just, oh, everything is gravy. <laughs> <laughs> this is after you had that smoke session with your friend? Yeah. It just it started being, like, just, constant? Yeah. And okay. It was just... It was just all the time. Damn. And, like, I didn't smoke much of that strain. I mean, maybe we smoked it a couple more times throughout those two weeks, but not nothing like, you know, every day. You know, mm-hmm. I was starting to slow down at that point, but, I mean, also we didn't have much, and our vape thing wasn't working, so it was just really weird, and we obviously had work. But even at work, I was, like, meeting people that would, like, tell me certain things. Like, that hmm. one, this one guy came up to me and was saying how his son was doing some, like, secret government work and blah, blah, blah. And, like, didn't go too much into detail, but I was just, like, having this deep conversation with this random old dude. And I was like, ah, I don't know why you're telling me this, but this is crazy like, yeah. information. I had, like, some homeless guy that I randomly met um, probably a couple weeks prior to this experience um, I used to see him out, um, on like the blue line we'd take in like the, the rail system in Chicago. And I remember seeing him out there, my girlfriend and I were having a date. And this, again, this was a couple weeks, um, from when I saw him again at the grocery store at work. And at that point he was just like, oh my God, you're, you just have this beautiful energy. You're like an angel. And we hugged <laughs> and we fucking talked for a little bit. And then I randomly... Because, like, where I saw him and, like, in, you know, span of where I worked was really far. Like, he was, like, in, like, the main part of the city, like, where I went to school. And then, like, I saw him outside skirts, like, the west side. And I was like, how are you here at our grocery store? And, like, we caught up. He was like, oh, my gosh. I was like, hey, what are you doing here, man? Like, we just, like, kind of caught up for a second. But it was really odd and really strange. Hmm. And so for those two weeks, that's how I was feeling. Um, I was just kind of going with what I heard to do. Uh, I, there was one part where I was going to class, but somehow I took a wrong turn and ended up being at um, this one burger joint. It's a very famous burger joint. I can't think of the goddamn name right now. But it had a lot to do with, like, the Chicago Cubs curse um, and, like, the goat that was slaughtered on the field that, like, cursed the Cubs from ever winning a World Series for, like, over 100 years. It's, like, a really, it's a really big thing. Damn. The guy used to, there was one guy that used to, like, tend uh, grass, and uh-huh. he used to bring his goats, and the goats would kind of eat the grass and kind of help, like, cut it, right? Uh-huh. And then one time, I think the owners changed or something, and he said, you can't bring your goats here anymore, or your goat here anymore. And so he, like, killed the goat on the field and, like, That's cursed messed. and quit. Oh. Yeah, it was wild. Um, and so then they hadn't won a World Series since. 
Now they have. Okay. It, it was like a hundred. It was like a hundred and nine years. Yeah. Of them just not even getting close. Wow. So it was yeah. Um, so I went to that burger joint. I think it's called the Billy Goat. Yeah, maybe it's called Billy Goat. Um, and I remember just like seeing those photos and seeing the owner and just just like resonating like this guy's evil as fuck. Mm. Like seeing the pictures of him and yeah. like on that, I was like. I just got Something's this, like, off. yeah, I was like, holy shit. And then my mind started getting all these just, what people call downloads, channels mm-hmm. are called downloads, uh, all this information. And I was just like, oh, my gosh. <laughs> like, you know, I had to, like, I was like, okay, I got to get out of here. Like, now that I figure this out, if I leave, I bet you they'll win the World Series. They won the World Series, like, a year after I left Chicago. Dang, what yeah, the heck? Two, a year and a half, maybe. Hmm. Yeah. I wonder, like, why was that connection there? Why you let you no don't know idea. yet? I don't understand that. Yeah, one. that one I remember is just now coming back to me. But yeah. I do remember like thinking that I was like, "Holy shit!" I was like, "Okay, well they're gonna," and then I heard like they're gonna, and then and then it happened, and I was like, Whoa. "I remember working at the ranch when it happened." But anyways, besides the fact, so there was a couple times that like really stood out to me during those two weeks that were just like these big, like, how did this happen mm-hmm. kind of deal. Um, so one, the first one was kind of like had to do with like the weather. So it had to be, it was like this big, these big manifestation part. Um, I remember that, so the, the windy city of Chicago, like, even though it would be one temperature because of the wind chill, it would be like 20 degrees cooler. Oh, damn. Like on a lake, and like the wind would come through. So I remember one day, uh, me and my buddy had to be, this is like our biggest day where like we both had to work and go to school. So like we're always walking around the city outside. And they were talking, we were like talking about like how it's going to be like one of the coldest days. Excuse me. It was going to be like one of the coldest days. And. You kind of want to bundle, bundle your face, like cover. It. You don't want to be outside for too long, blah blah. And we were kind of like nervous because we we're like, "Fuck, this is gonna be a long day. It's gonna be freezing. It's gonna be cold." Mm-hmm. And I remember I told him, I was like, "Don't worry, I'm like, don't even worry about it, dude. Like, the sun's gonna come out. <laughs> like, it's gonna be a beautiful sky, clear blue sky. The sun's gonna come out. Like, it'll give us some sort of warmth. It's not gonna be that bad." And I mean, we're predicting the weather, like. <laughs> Sometimes the weather people are always fucking wrong. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, like me saying that, the odds could have been pretty high. Yeah. I don't know. Um, but I remember going on my way, walking to class, and I was crossing the bridge. And I had forgot I said this because, again, I was just, I was very in the moment at that time. I was just very going with the moment flow. Mm-hmm. I was very happy, very light. Um, and I remember being on the bridge, crossing over to go to, um, where my class was at and stopping cause I could feel the sun on my face and I looked up and it was clear blue skies. The sun was out. I was like, oh yeah, we had just talked to him. So I called him. I was like, dude, have you been outside? Are you seeing this? He goes, I know. I was like, that nuts. We just called that yesterday. Yeah. So, like, that was, like, a big thing. And at that point in my head, I was like, 
helped create that. Yeah. Like, manifest that shit. Like, cool, thanks. Appreciate it. You know, and, and I started getting this weird, uh, what some will call it, like a God complex. Mm-hmm. Um, to where at that point I really felt like I was like, holy shit, I'm really, I must really be in control of some shit. I must yeah. Have some, some really big gifts here. So damn. Okay, cool. So I, you know, but at that point, I was just like, all right, cool, that was beautiful. And I was just riding with it. I was mm-hmm. just riding with the wave because I was like, holy shit. Yeah. Holy cow, how is this happening? Like, yeah. Oh, my God. Because, like, when I was a kid, I would want to have sh- I'd wanted that kind of stuff. Yeah. Like, I want to have, you ever try to, like, control, like, the lights? I'm sure a lot of people have. Control the lights with your mind, like, turn green, turn yeah. green, turn green, turn green. Or, like, oh, yeah. Kind of, like, do stuff like that. Uh-huh. Like, trying to like grab the force and like move stuff with your mind like telekinesis kind of shit like i wanted those abilities yeah. i still want those abilities <laughs> some matilda powers <laughs> matilda had powers you remember Mil- matilda dude oh my god you're gonna hate me i don't even think i've i haven't watched matilda in a long time that i think i forgot all matilda yeah she had like telekinesis and all that kind of stuff dude yeah she was powerful wow she's dope I'm gonna have to rewatch that movie. <laughs> but uh so um that was one and the second one this is getting towards the end of the two weeks, um which led me into the hospital. Of course. I mean are you going like this, like you actually start to so here's what happened. <laughs> so my buddy and I um, this was actually right after. This was the same day that I went to go to the Billy Goat and get the burger and, like, kinda okay. ended up accidentally skipping class. I was like, oh, well. Well. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> cool. <Quote, unquote. laughs> um, so I, you know, we're getting our stuff home and we're just going to take the train in to, uh, like, do laundry and go go back home because we were only, like, 45 minutes out of the city. Um and we're on like the main blue line and I remember when we got in like one of these cars like one of the cars and we were like the only ones sitting there basically and I remember our next stop like a bunch of kids got on from like probably from like some school public school and they were all different ethnicities and all just kind of chilling there laughing and kicking it off. And I remember like leaning to my buddy and I goes, watch this. I was like, we're going to be the youngest on here. And we get to the next one. More kids get on. We get to the next one. Now, you know, more kids got on. And then we're just kind of all, you know, as we're going to our stop. And they're all laughing. I mean, they're in different groups talking with each other. Um, but no one seemed to have, there was no like silent qualms or like kind of like wanting to stay away from the other one and you know they're just kids and I was like this is the way that we should live constantly mm-hmm. I'm like there should be no separation between us like this is how this right here is an example of how life should be everyone's coming together we're all coming together for the purpose of growing humanity blah 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 and went on this kind of spiel and my buddy's at this point, I'm sure he was sick and tired of me, like, fucking talking to him about all this stuff. Yeah, where was he at in all this? Was he, like, on the same wave or not at all? He was kind of just listening. He was just he was just listening. Okay. And absor- absorbing. Okay. 
and like just kind of listen. Because I was like telling him, I was like, do we got to start like a weed magazine? Like, are we just going to open everybody up? Like, we just got to yeah. start this. Like, this is the key. Yeah. This is the key. I don't believe that anymore now. I will say that. I, I will say everyone should try weed once in their life. Mm-hmm. Just get high. But now I'm like, no, everybody needs to do mushrooms. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Keeps going up. Keeps going. Everybody needs to do DMT. <laughs> No, no, there's no, levels. No, 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 there's no, levels. No, 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 I wouldn't. I wouldn't suggest team tea for everybody. But I would suggest a small dose of mushrooms. <laughs> I feel like everyone should do that at least once in their life. Yeah, um, I agree. So that was one of them. And then the next one. This is where things started to get real interesting. So I. We got to, like, the main train station, like, the Amtrak train. That's the bigger train that's going to take us out to the suburbs um, so our parents could pick us up. And we're sitting there waiting for... Um, waiting for our time to come, our, our train to get here. And remember, I was like, all right, I'm going to go... Again, I'm still talking his ear off about... I started getting into, like, religion and all these things of, like, this is what they really mean. Like, this is this... this. I'm like, I figured out. I get it. Mm-hmm. It's just it's like, I get it. I get life. I understand everything's just a thought. You can create whatever the hell you want. Blah, blah, mm-hmm. blah. Like, I get it. It's not... It's not that difficult. <laughs> <laughs> and I was going outside because I was like, oh, I'm going to try and smoke this because, like, our vape had never worked. Mm-hmm. And I go outside, and I'm, I'm standing there, and there's this guy who's smoking a cigarillo. And we just got to talking. And I was like, man, like, if you can do anything in life, like, what the hell would you do, man? Like, come on. Like, think about You're sitting here. I'm standing here. You know, you, me and you just met. You're standing here smoking a cigarillo. He started <laughs> laughing. He goes, well, man, if I could do anything, this is about the time that marijuana was legal in Colorado. He goes, I would be like, I would go to. I would want to move to Colorado, and I want to be like the ice cream man, but the weed man for the people. I was like, "What do you mean?" He's like, "I'd get a truck. I'd be the weed truck. I would drive around with the, you know, the song on, and I would just give people weed." And I was like, <laughs> I started laughing. I was like, "That's fucking beautiful. Yeah, that That's is beautiful. awesome." I was like, speaking of weed, I was like, my vape ain't working. I was like, you want, you want to be this? A- and so he's like, what do you mean? I was like, just reach your cigarillo in there and then inhale. So I unscrewed the top and like, I was like, just inhale. And he like, so he smoked that. Mm-hmm. Um, so I didn't even smoke anything right there. But again, I'm still like, I'm still in this space of like, mm-hmm. I'm just high mm-hmm. all the time. It's very strange. Um, but it was a beautiful experience. And so... You know, we stopped talking. I was like, all right, I go back in. My buddy's in there waiting for me. I get on the train. He's like, all right, it's nice to meet you. And so I get back in. We get on the train. Um, and then me and him like to sit up top. There's like, it was like a two-story kind of train where like you had seats below and seats above. So we sat up top. And I remember we sat all the way to the back here. And then like there's a car. You know, you have your top row seating. And I'm sitting here and there's a guy all the way on the other side. And we started going. I'm sure my buddy, he's tired of this, but he's always a sleeper. And so I I was looking at this guy, and I was like, all right, let me test this shit. Like, let me test, like, these so-called, do I have, like, yeah. abilities, powers, like, telekinesis, like, like, like oh, saying yeah. signals. So I was like, I was sitting there, and I was, like, looking at this guy, 
And I just constantly was saying, look at me, 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 look at me. You know who I am. And I started getting into this, like, you know, I am your savior. I started getting into, like, this is where it started getting weird because I was, like, I was embodying and taking on this, what people call Christ consciousness. Mm -hmm. Um, So I know, I I can discern now, I don't think I'm the reincarnation of Christ. I'm going to say that right now. I don't believe that at all. So at this point, though, I did. In this in this scenario, I did because I didn't understand. Yeah. At that point, I didn't understand what energy really yeah. was. I didn't understand what um, the chakras really were. I mm-hmm. had a little bit of inkling because, you know, at that point, I, I was doing a little bit of studying, like, prior to going to college. In my high school days, I'd meditate, and, like, I did a little bit of understanding. Mm-hmm. But I didn't know it was this deep. I didn't know how, like heavily studied this stuff really was yeah and how heavily real this stuff really was in your life so at that point my only background was fucking religion Mm -hmm. so everything that was happening to me i was like my god this is how this is how jesus christ must have felt like when he Mm -hmm. started getting of age i was like holy shit like oh my god oh my god oh my god oh my god God. do i have these abilities so i'm like oh i'm gonna try this out so i'm staring at this guy and i'm like look at me look at me you look at me you know who i am I'm your savior. Look at me. Look at me. Look at me. You know who I am. I'm here. Look at me. Look at me. And then, you know, when someone's looking at you, <laughs> you can kind of feel it. Like if you're just like sitting there and you like turn and you make eye contact, like that person's probably looking yeah. at you for a minute. Like that just happens. You can have that sense. That oh, awareness, yeah. Right. So he looked up. He looked up. We locked eyes. <laughs> we locked eyes. And I was like, I just like freaked out. I was like, holy shit. <laughs> Like, holy shit, it worked. <laughs> just, just everything confirmed. Like, Yeah, I was like, oh my God, it worked. So I had to prove it. So it's my buddy. I was like, dude, watch this. Like, everything I'm going to write down is what I'm saying in my head. And then he's going to look at me. Watch, watch. I'm sure my buddy was just yeah, he's like, tired at this point. Like, dude, come on. He's like trying to sleep. On yeah, the- like, yeah, he was. I remember, like, because I, I started writing, and I'm doing the same thing, I'm doing the same thing, but he didn't look. I'm doing the same thing, doing the same thing, no look. Hmm. Now now I kind of know that there's, obviously, like, when you're doing an experiment, um, whoever's a part of it, their thoughts and their intentions and their energy has an effect on the experiment. Yeah. Right? Yeah, I've I learned that, like too, before, yeah. Biocentrism, right? Mm-hmm. They talk about that. So, like, <clears throat> so... I mean, wherever his head was at, obviously. I mean, I don't know if that... I would say, now that I know, like, that had to have an effect on why he didn't look. Mm-hmm. Or maybe he just got freaked out that we just made eye contact a few minutes ago and, like, didn't want to look over here yeah. again. I feel Because <laughs> I'm over here, like, probably staring at him like this. It's like, there's a crazy person on there. There's the a fucking <laughs> kid over there just won't stop looking at me. It's hilarious. And so I'm writing and writing and writing and nothing happened. And I turn around and he's like passed out. And I remember being on that, you know, on that same train and I'm sitting in my head having all these thoughts. But it wasn't necessarily thoughts. It was like I was having a conversation. I was like talking with some other voice over and over again. Mm-hmm. And that's what got me into the hospital. We'll give him that a moment. So um, I'm talking, I'm going and. I'm having these, you know, more inner revelations. Um, and 
Some, now that I look back on it, some were heavily ego-driven. Some were just trying to get me to understand and that the only way they can get me to understand was by using things that I have already known Mm -hmm. and to open me up into learning more, right? Because after this, I was, like, super curious. I'm like, okay, what the fuck happened? Yeah. I need to learn. I need to know more. I need to understand. I need to be able to use this. I need to be able to get back to the state without feeling paranoid. Mm -hmm. Because that was the flow state. That was what people call Christ consciousness. You're in a space of like, and I, I firmly believe that. Believe whatever the hell you want. You can say, Josh, you were fucking just psychotic nut. Like, why weren't you in an inpatient? I did. Well, I'll get there. But like, why weren't you in a straight like, What's going on with you? I don't know. Like, believe whatever you want. This is just, I'm just telling you my experience, what I personally experienced. So, um, <laughs> so I'm sitting there. Um, and this was kind of weird because down below me, there's another guy that's sitting there and I'm like, what do I do with this information? That was one question. I was like, so you guys are bringing this to me. It's like, but what do I do? I don't know. Do I tell people? Mm -hmm. Do I try to explain? Like, I don't know what I'm trying to explain. What do I do? And I remember as I was sitting there asking those questions in my head, I'm staring down at this guy that's below me. Because remember, I'm sitting up top, and he's sitting in a row below me. He turns, and all I hear, just like really loud and clear, was, you need to be patient. Mm. And then he turned back. And I was like, what do you mean, patient? I was like, and I I like saw that happen, I was like, I was freaking the fuck out. I was like, did this, did they just, did you guys just use this guy to turn to tell me to be patient? Like, what? I don't know. Don't know. Maybe it would just happen at some sort of synchronistic, coincidental, yeah. he happened to turn and talk to the person that was sitting below me, which is most likely what happened. But that exact moment, I was like... Uh, you heard what you needed to hear. Yeah, I, I heard exactly. I was like, you need to be patient. Yeah. I was like, all right. But I wasn't patient. <laughs> 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 you heard it, you're like, okay, and then you just started yeah, getting more, like, yeah, more excited. Was, yeah, I was like, <laughs> can I at least tell my mom? Yeah. <laughs> That's funny, bro. So we get home. Um, I mean, I get back to my mom's townhouse, and, you know, my mom and my brother are there, and my brother's playing video games. I'm talking to my mom, and mom, I think she was either cleaning or cooking dinner or something, and yeah, she was cooking dinner, and... Me and her are talking, and we're just having this beautiful conversation, and the energy between us was just flowing, and it was mm. like we were just kind of friends, and there was yeah. no, like, you know, you know, we were just talking about life, yeah, and talking that's about cool. what you want to do, and, you know, me and my mom were just talking, and, and I slightly brought up, I was like, mom, I just, I just figured it out, like, I get it, I get life now, I understand <laughs> why we're here, like, I get it, I'm, I'm diving into this, and just, I feel very blessed, and all these things, and... And she was just happy to hear that and happy yeah. to see that I was in this kind of energy. She didn't know. I'm sure she had no idea what was going yeah. on. Yeah. And so we had dinner. It was great. And I remember this is where it started getting kind of weird. And I was like, I just got a show. I remember talking to her. And I was like, you know, what do you want to really do? Where do you want to end up? Like, where do you want to go? And she's like, I really want to go to the East Coast. And at that point, like, I had this vision. Like, earlier I had this vision of the entire East Coast just being, just gone in the future. Just frozen over, just gone. 
almost like the movie Day After Tomorrow, pretty mm-hmm. sure, where the whole, it just like all of New York was just frozen over, blah, blah, blah. And I remember that happening, like seeing that vision happening, that Florida disappears, uh, just goes underwater. Same with like some of the lower states there. And then like California earthquakes just, just take it all the way off. Like things just start in- getting increasingly worse. Mm-hmm. Um, and who knows if that's going to happen. But that's what I saw. You Am saw I, that like when your mom said that? Or you had seen that be- before? To, okay, yeah, I had just like, because I was just trying to figure out, you know. I was yeah. like, okay, well, where do I got to go? So I kept hearing we got to go to Colorado. Because okay. at that point, I was like, that's weed legal. Mm-hmm. We got to go to Colorado. So at that time, me and my buddy... We were like, okay, well, spring break's coming up. Like, we can go, like, we can go back. We can go visit Colorado on spring break and see if they'll actually take our transfer credits and blah, blah, blah. We'll transfer over into the school because there was another R Institute in Colorado. So that was the original plan before even coming to Arizona. We, this was, Arizona wasn't even on our radar at yeah. the time. I mean, we would drink Arizona cans and play fucking NHL, but, like, Arizona, or like, no. Yeah. So, we, um, so when it started getting weird, as I was, like, telling, my, my mom and I were talking about that, and I remembered, like, as she told me that, I just, like, burst, almost burst out into tears. Because mm. I was, like, I wanted to tell her mm-hmm. that. I wanted to be like, no, don't. That's a terrible idea. Like, there's stuff that's going to happen. Like, just don't do it. But I didn't. I just swallowed it, and I was just like, that's beautiful, Mom. Like, Damn. I think you should do exactly what you need to do. Like, yeah. if you don't want to move out there, move out there. That's beautiful. Um, and if she ever listens to this, I have never told her, so <coughs> now you know. Um, I bet you were feeling so much in that moment. Like, oh. you couldn't, yeah. That restraint and then just being like, because yeah. I remember, I love like, you like that. You have to be patient. Yeah, like who's gonna, you know, at that point, I was also kind of like when I was seeing this, like I felt it to be true. Mm-hmm. Um, and then things, it was bizarre. But I also remember, like I said, be patient. Like don't give out so much. Like just kind of enjoy this moment. And. I remember I was like, okay, you know, I have to just show my brother, like, as much love as I can. Like, that's that's the only way, you know, he's going to be able to be him. And it's to just love him for who he is. Because um, he's a very, very, he's a very beautiful soul. Um, and I'm grateful that he's been in my life. He was adopted when I was, like, six. He mm. was three. Um, and we grew apart when I was in high school um, because he... Uh, just learning, his learning is a little different than how we learn, and so we kind of drifted apart. But I always looked up to him because he just kept going. You know, no matter what was going at him, he just kept pushing, kept pushing, and... You know, I don't think he sees that in himself. Mm. But that was that was one thing where I was like, I look up to you. I know you're struggling with some of these things, but 
I'm glad that you're going and now he's got a job and he's able to fund and you know do his things and he's got his own little business like watching dogs. I'm like so I'm like, holy cow, like I'm glad that you're he's just constantly persistent and like trying to do that, even though he may deal with certain emotions in certain ways. So I look up to him for that. Mm-hmm. Um, and at the time, I was just like, I just got to show him love. So I remember I went into the room, in his room and he was showing me, he was playing Call of Duty, but it was like a hacked version of Call of Duty. I don't know what was going on, but there was just like nukes and like everything was just dying. <laughs> I remember seeing on like the screen, like where we talk about like the the people that like with who's been killed like popping up like the gamer tags and stuff okay but i remember seeing like these different like um i remember seeing these different words that were coming up like you're evil there's this evil in there it's coming after you blah blah blah. oh dang so i was kind of tripping from yeah i was like what is that yeah i didn't say anything i was like oh that's cool man that's beautiful i was like all right I'm going to go to bed. Like, I'm going to mm. lay down. So I went to my room. And here we go. So I went to my room. And I was... Oh, that's cute as fuck. Sorry, cats are adorable. So I was... I was went to my room. And I was laying in bed. And I couldn't sleep. I had the light on. And I'm laying there. And I'm trying to, trying to just fall asleep. Couldn't sleep, so I actually tried to hit the vape. Tried to smoke. I was able to hit it one time because it's all that was letting me have. What was the working? It worked one time, and I was like, got a little hit out of it. Otherwise, the vape, shit wasn't working. And I was in my mom's house. I don't think she, you know, you can smell that. So I'm not about to just try and light up something. (laughs) And. I remember laying in bed, and I was staring at... So there was... I used to have this caricature of myself, and I was staring at it. And then I would stare at that, and then I looked to my left, and it was just like a family photo. And I remember seeing my father, and I remember going through my entire... Like, I, I had, like, a my, like my personal life flashed before my eyes hmm. of, like... I could see my father and I can see my grandfather and I could see the connection between us three and I could see how my father has been like kind of following his footsteps of just staying in one position and just kind of trying to grow or like in the business and then like you know they're doing that their entire life and maybe they had these um passions or things they wanted or hobbies they wanted to pursue to try and make life out of but they just didn't and now they feel like they're stuck in this mm-hmm. place of no longer can they go and do these things because they have kids they have a family they have to support blah blah, blah. so they feel like they do these things because they're like well I'm doing this out of love and you know I love what I do I've pushed myself to love what I do but at that time I didn't I had all these other passions and things I wanted to do so I felt that and I was like I was like, I don't want to end up like that. And I just saw myself following that cycle. Mm. I watched my whole life. I watched my kid. I like mm. watched it all happen. Damn. And watched me slowly turn into my grandfather. Oh, and I was like, it like freaked me the fuck out. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta move. I gotta get up. So I got up and I was like, I am just, I was sweating and I was like, holy shit, it's hot. And I was like, God, I gotta pull myself out of there. <clears throat> 
I couldn't sleep, so I was like, I'm going to open up the window. And mind you, it was, like, March in mm-hmm. Illinois. And this was, like, during those, like, cold times where, like, even in March, there's, like, ice and snow on the ground. Like, it was freezing out. So I opened up the door, or opened up the window, and I just got naked. I was like, I, I don't know, I'm going to get naked. Maybe it'll help me cool off. I'll sleep naked. Like, maybe I'll go to bed, you know. So I lay down back in bed. Windows kind of partly open, or at least the curtains were, and the windows all the way open. And I was laying down, and I got, like, everything just got, like, heavy energetically. I was laying on my side, and I closed my eyes, and then I just felt my eyes start to flutter, like fluttering like this, Mm. like my eyes are rolling in the back of my head. And then it just like kind of stopped and I could just feel it pulling, pulling, pulling. And then I felt like something was grabbing the side of my head and like twisting it. Mm. And my eyes are still rolling back. And I remember laying there. And in in that time frame, I started getting really paranoid of, like, holy shit, like, someone's trying to kill me. Like, my some people are right outside my door. They're coming to kill me. Someone's after me. Something bad is happening. And I was like, I don't know what's going on. And it, it kept pulling and pulling and pulling. My head's twisting. And I just, something in me just snapped. And I was like, no. And I fucking jumped out of bed, grabbed my backpack, don't know why, grabbed my backpack, threw, like, some random shit in there, like, threw the jar of weed, I threw, like, the tie that I wore to, like, my first communion in there, I threw, like, a journal in there, um, probably threw, I think I threw some other weird stuff in there, and then I got dressed, I put sweats on, I put a hoodie on, I put my beanie on, because that's what I would wear, and I left the light on, I grabbed my backpack, I ran, I kind of walked out the door, walked down, excuse me, walked down the hallway, left that light on, walked down the door, left the door, because I was in like a hurry. Like mm-hmm. I was like freaking the fuck out. Like something's trying to kill me. Mm-hmm. I need to get out of here. And left the hallway light on, um, door creaked open, and I just took off running and just started running. Now... <clears throat> It's fun. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm running, right? Middle of the night. It's freezing out. There's ice on the ground. And now, so where my mom lived, um, after my parents had gotten divorced, we used to live in a town, like a subdivision. Like, So here's where my mom's townhouse is. There's like a road, main road here. Then on the other side of the main road, there's a school, like the middle school that I used to go to. And... We used to live in a subdivision behind the middle school, excuse me, behind the middle school, and there was a road, like a pathway that you could walk. Like when I was a kid in middle school, I used to be able to walk to school from that pathway. And I used to have my good friends uh, lived a couple doors down. A good buddy of mine, one of my best friends, that I basically like lived there almost mm-hmm. all summer, and a lot of times I was other, they were like my second family, basically, like second parents. Um, just loved them. Mm -hmm. They always took care of me. And I started running. 
didn't know, I just knew that was that was where I just knew to go. I was just like, I have to go there. Don't know why. I was like, just have to go. <clears throat> the first when I started got out of the house, I was like, I don't know where I'm going. I just started yeah. running. But I started running, you know, ran across the street. I'm running down in this path and I get past the school and behind the school there's just this huge field. Um, where I used to have football practice. All these teams used to have football practice in the back. There's this huge field. Um, and the path runs through the field. And I'm running on the ice in my, like, boots. Mm-hmm. And I have these awesome Timberland boots. <laughs> I love them. Um, and I remember pausing. And at the time I called, I called my girlfriend at the time. I remember pausing, looking up, and seeing this full moon. And this probably freaked the fuck out of her because it was probably, like, 1, 2 in the morning. And mm-hmm. I called her, and I'm just like, I figured it out. I was like, we got to have a kid. Our kid's going to be the savior, blah, blah, blah. Like, oh, my gosh, this is, this is just absolutely beautiful. I love you. Holy cow. Like, mm-hmm. just I love you. Like, I, all right, I go. <laughs> and that was it. That's what yeah. I told her. So <laughs> I deeply apologize. I'm sure that yeah. was probably, like, you know, you're 20, 19 years old, and, like, someone tells you that, you're like, what <laughs> did you just say? Yeah. That's like, wild. Uh, So... I apologize for that. I haven't apologized yet. I think I did. But anyways, so that just, that happened. And it was a full moon. It was bright. It was beautiful. It was like it was guiding me. And I'm running. And as I'm running, I'm just like, oh, you were built for this. This is what you're, you were made to do this. You've been practicing this for your whole life. You used to live out in Massachusetts in the cold. You're not even cold now. Mm -hmm. Look at you go. And I'm smiling. I'm like fucking loving this. I'm like, let's go. In my head, I'm like, all right, we're starting on this journey, like a heroic journey. Like I'm Frodo going fucking the middle earth. Freedom, bro. Yeah, Yeah, I'm like, I'm going. And, and I'm, you know, I get there, I get to their house and I'm, I walk up the steps and I just, Pop, 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 pop. Knock on the door. Nothing. You said it's like two in the morning at this time? Oh, yeah. It's two. It's easily two in the morning. Could be earlier. Could be a little. I mean, it could be like midnight. Somewhere in that time. Yeah. But it was late. Yeah. Still. And so everyone's asleep, right? So they wake up. They come down. And they're like, Josh, what is going on? And by this time, the cold finally caught up to me. So I'm outside shivering. So they grabbed the blanket. They brought me in. They sat me down. And I'm like, what is going on? I'm like, are you okay? And I was like trying to warm up. And I was like, yeah, I'm okay. I'm okay. okay. I was like, I, I just figured it out. Like, I figured out life. Like, I get it. Like, and I know you get it. And I'm pointing to um, my buddy's stepdad. Um, he's a great, just a great guy, always hilarious, built his own business. Um, you know, it's just beautiful graphic artist. And, you know, the reason why I said that was because I go back to that point of the creation, the thought, the the passion that he had for what he was doing. You know, he created that business from absolutely just a thought, from mm-hmm. basically nothing. Um, and it became what supported him in doing what he loved. And I was like, you get it. You understand life, too. You get how to create. Like, you get it. Mm-hmm. Like, I just need you to get it. Yeah, like, and I was like, I was like trying to get him. Like, do you see what yeah, I'm yeah, seeing? Like, yeah, I yeah. get it. I'm with you. I'm with you. I know yeah. you know what I know. Mm-hmm. Like one of those things. Oh yeah. Um, and I then I brought up. You know, we started talking. I'm sure there's more of that conversation. They might be able to pick out. It's a little spotty for me at this point. Um, but I know that was like the main thing we we're talking about. And then I brought up. They were like, um. 
Man, I was like, I felt like, they're like, why are you, I was like, I felt like someone was trying to kill me, like someone's after me or my brother or my mom, like someone's trying to, like someone's after me, blah, blah, blah. And so that's when they called the cops. And they're on the phone with my dad too. So my dad's on the phone, you know, I'm talking to my dad, I'm like, just like, I'm like, it's okay, like everything's fine. And so they talked to my mom, you know, everything was fine there, obviously, because no one's really trying to kill me. Mm-hmm. <coughs> But I remember sitting there, and they called the cops. Cops came, and I'm sitting there in the couch, and I'm just super relaxed. I got my legs crossed like this. I got my arms spread out like this. I got my ID and my my wallet, my lap, phone in one hand. I think I had my dad on the phone. And I was oddly calm. I felt, like, oddly calm. Mm-hmm. Um... And the cops came in, and I was, I remember just being like, I don't know why everyone's freaking out, like, I'm back. Mm -hmm. I kept saying, like, I'm back. Like, there's no need to worry, like, I'm back. I'm here. It's okay. And the cops were like, did you, you know, have anything tonight? And I was like, yeah, I smoked, I had, like, one hit of this weed that's in the front pocket of my bag. You can take a look at it if Mm -hmm. you want. It's just weed. So they open up the bag, they they pull out the weed, and they were like, okay, that, that checks out. And I was like, guys, look at me. Look how I'm sitting right now. Because I'm sitting like I'm fucking on the cross. I'm like, look at me. Bro, that's <laughs> hilarious. I was, like, I was like, I don't know why you guys, like, it's okay. Yeah. Come back. It's fine. <laughs> I love that, dude. I love that so much. So, and then, oh, man. And then I started saying some shit. I was like, um, I, I started talking to the cops directly because I think they were coming to me and they were probably waiting on the ambulance to get there because they were like, all right, this guy needs to go in. Like, But I remember talking to them. I was like, I know what you guys are doing to the minorities. You bro. said that to them, bro? Yeah, I was like, I know oh, what shit. you guys are doing to Mexican and black people. I know what you're trying to do, like pushing them out. Like I, get, I know what you're doing. It's fucking, it's horrible. I was like, it's terrible. I know what you guys are doing. I know your secret. That's bullshit. And like, just went in on that for a second. And they, they were kind of quiet. They were like, we don't know what you're talking about. Like, well, I, li- I was a kid that lived, you know, like grew up in the suburb. Like, I mean, obviously in the streets of Chicago, it's different. Mm-hmm. Um, so obviously, those cops were like, what are you talking about? Like, this is we. You're in a rural, like, farm area right now. Right? So it's completely different, that experience. I was from living in the city. Um, so I, I don't know. I was just saying that. I was like, I know what you guys are doing. I know why prisons are created. Like, I get it. That's terrible. You guys are horrible for the people. And and then I, you know, they're like, all right, we got to take you in. Um course they would say that after that <laughs> yeah <laughs> maybe they could have said something different lose, like you yeah. gotta come with us like we gotta go and I was like at this point I'm like alright cool we're starting you know start my journey like you know, taking me to headquarters yeah. like let me talk to you like I know <laughs> what's happening like, yeah, yeah for I real. know where we're going oh like, yeah I'm about to meet some beings. Like, I'm, like, I, in my head, I'm, like, we're going on, like, the beginning of a superhero journey. I'm about to start my training, like, goddamn yeah. Obi-Wan and Luke, mm. or Obi-Wan and Anakin, right? I'm, like, let's go. <laughs> Clearly, yeah, I you're ready. what happened. 
But we, <laughs> I, you know, in a I way, go, maybe. Yeah, I go and I, I put my boots on. And I'm like, you all got to get some. These, these, are like, these are like next level. Like I'm, I'm like telling them, like, you guys got to get yourself some of these shoes. Like these are the best boots. Just completely they, blissed out. Yeah, like com- <laughs> seriously, I was so calm, just like like super, ch- like just yeah. so all right with everything. Like I wasn't fighting anything. Mm. And I remember. I remember when they were like patting me down because they had to make sure I had nothing else on me, and I'm counting in my head. I'm like one, two. It's all. They were like, it's only gonna take five seconds. Just count to five. It'll be over. So they're doing it. That's what I heard in my head. I'm doing. I'm counting five. One, two, three, four, five. They're like, all right, turn around. One, two, <laughs> three, four, five. And they're like, all right, let's go. So I go inside and get into the back of this ambulance and now I'm sitting in the back of the ambulance laying in the bed and there's a guy that has to ride in the back with you obviously to make sure nothing happens and at the time my buddy um, the buddy that had, hadn't had smoked with me the, when everything first started and we mm. were talking until like 4 Oh again. yes, yes, yes So I remember. he was training to be uh, EMT right? He mm. started that and so where I was in this state that's future him. Connected yeah. to him, so you're communicating with him. So he's with me. Oh, so okay. future him is with me in the back of this ambulance, and we're about to take this. This is like a ship. We're about to take yeah, this yeah, ship yeah. to the moon. I thought that's where that's yeah. where I thought we're going. I'm like, we're going to the moon. Like what? Mm-hmm. Like this. So my head is like, we're going. Mm-hmm. We're getting out of here. And so we're driving, and we're in the back of this ambulance. I'm laying there, and I remember thinking like. This guy has to die for me to be able to live and just breathe on the moon. Like, this is like a sacrifice. Like, he's making it for me. Damn. So I can live. So I'm over here That's crying. That's crazy, bro. I'm crying. Like, Dang. thank you so much, dude. Like, I love you. Like, I can't believe you're doing this. Like, why? Like, no, man, you can't do this. Like, I love you so much. Like, and I'm just, I'm bawling my eyes out in the back of this ambulance. And I'm sure, like, this guy is probably just sitting there like, what are you talking about? Well, you know what's crazy, bro? You being in that state, saying that to him, although you were in your own perception of what was going on, you were thanking him. Who knows? It could have been that guy's, like, one of his first weeks, and he's like, damn, I'm really changing this guy's (laughs) life. Like, you know what I mean? Like, universe could have just been. That's so true. That's very true. That's That's cool. I haven't thought of it like that. That's, That's crazy. I hope that's the scenario. Yeah. And that's like I how he took he it. Like, He's like, God, I'm, I am meant to be here. You're right. I am going to help you. <laughs> Became the best EMT in the world. Yeah. Right? Damn. Dude, here saved countless lives. <laughs> you made him believe in himself? Yeah. Oh. You see how real it is? Damn, bro. That's crazy. That's oh, really weird. So, yeah. So, I'm saying those things. And... And we're we're going there. And I was like, oh, I can't wait to go home. Like going home. And we got to the hospital, and he goes, you know, we, I remember this like precisely. He said, "Does this look like home to you?" And that like the guy, the, the, guy, the guy in the back. Yeah, oh guy shit! Back. Does this look like home to you? Hmm. As we were like opening the door, so I'm sure he'd like had been sick of it. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe you know who knows. <laughs> But he's like, this is like home to you. And I remember seeing the back of the hospital, and I like 
it like paused me for a moment, like kind of brought me back. Was like, whew, you're right. But I was like, nah, he's playing. And I kept going. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. I kept going with the same energy, like, all right, we're here. And I remember getting mm. into, I remember getting into the the back of the hospital, and I had to strip down. And one of the nurses came in, and he had to get a urine sample from me because mm. I had to do tests. And I remember just being like, I was in that free state, so I'm over here mm-hmm. just like talking to him, peeing in yeah. the cup, like, yeah, don't worry about it, dude. Like, oh, I'm so glad. <laughs> Coincidentally, his name was Josh too, oh, and he was like another version, like a future, another version of this of my buddy mm-hmm. that was named. I'm like. Kept oh talking. man, I'm so yeah. I was yeah. like, I'm so glad you're here, man. Like, oh my best friend. Like, you made so it beautiful. out. Yeah, I was like, you're good. Like, oh, this is so beautiful. Like, can't believe it, man. I'm my best friend. Like, oh, I love that you're here for me. I always knew it was you. Like, 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 just and I'm peeing in this cup at the same time. Like, and I'm putting this gown. Like, I'm naked talking to this dude. Like, you're my best pal. Like, this is so beautiful. <laughs> Bro, you probably made everybody's day that day, bro. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. These people are probably like, I probably am still, like, I hope. Best work day. Exactly. <laughs> I hope people still talk. Man, there's this one guy who's just having the time of his life coming yeah, in here. Yeah. Like, do you remember him? <laughs> yeah, I remember him. Like, I hope, I hope I made people's nights that day. Yeah. Like, um, and so, <laughs> so. So they they put me in a wheelchair. They bring me into the car because you're not allowed to like walk. They bring me in and I got a blanket on me. And I go there and they go, you know, what's your address? Um, and I remember like, as soon as they said that, like I was like again, my eyes start rolling in the back of my head. I'm like thinking, what is my address? What is my address? And like I saw my mom's address, but then like it formulated into this. I was breaking down numbers, and I gave them some random address. Mm. But I remember seeing it as like this is my address on the moon. Hmm. Like, I remember seeing visually like just domes in a row, and Damn. I gave them that address. What the whatever the hell that was. Yeah. I remember seeing that. And I was like, so I gave them some random address like that, and it wasn't my home address. And they wrote that down, and then I think they wrote down the actual address later on. My mom came, but yeah, yeah. So I remember seeing that, and I was like tripping. I was like, Ooh. And I could see it so clearly. Just domed houses, you know, people are living there in bliss. Like, it's just like it's just a like a utopia. It was weird, and um, so that happened. And then uh, this was before my family even got here, so I'm alone at the hospital, and or maybe they're you know, in the waiting area, I don't know. But then they got a, they brought me in on the stretch and they're like, I'm gonna give me tests. And I remember being like, where's my wife? Cause they had like my, they had like a blanket over me to like keep me warm, I guess, cause it's cold. Cause I, my, my, my body temperature was probably freezing, mm-hmm. right, I guess. Um, and they were trying to warm me up or something. Cause I remember just having like blankets and like this heaviness over my crotch area. Mm-hmm. And I was over here like, cause remember I had told Oh, my girlfriend at the time, like, we're going to have a kid. Yeah. That's going to be the savior. I was mm-hmm. like, okay, well, where's my wife? Like, we're going to have this kid. Like, I'm yeah. ready to go. Like, yeah. Just, where is she? I'm, like, revved up. I was, like, <laughs> I, was like, I was like, oh, I see you guys are keeping my semen warm. Like, so I can. <laughs> you did not I, say dude. that, bro. That is fucking gold. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, I see you guys are keeping it warm. <laughs> 
<laughs> dude, I was, I was, dude, I was. You thought you were, you were about to be, you oh. thought you were about to get, get Ooh. it on with your girl. Oh. They're about to bring her in. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious, dude. Dude, yeah, getting all the conditions right. Everything. Yeah, they're just making <laughs> it the all mood. right. We're in, we're in uh, some sort of space station area, like in the. That's like, crazy. This is like there's multiple of you around the world. There's just like yeah. demigods that are coming in to save. Like I was like, fuck yeah, let's go. Y'all found me. Like I'm back. I remembered. Like don't worry about it. Like I've been pulled out. Of, like I've been pulled out of the Matrix type shit. Yeah. Like that. I was like, Pfft. so. <laughs> I go in and there, you know, I had to do a, I had to do a CAT scan and I had to do an MRI. And so they're doing the scans and I remember again, as they're doing the scans, I'm just, they're just like, just relax, count to five. You know, that's what I'm hearing. And they're like telling me like, you gotta be still, blah, blah, blah. So I'm sitting there, I'm just counting to five. First scan's done and I count to five, you know, they're doing, I'm doing all the scans. And then they brought me back to the room and my mom came in. And I go, Mom. Or I didn't know, I didn't know because my mom at the time, I was like, are you my wife? Mm. <laughs> she goes, no, I'm not your wife, I'm your mother. Mm. I was like, oh, where's my wife? Where's my wife? Like, where, 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 where is she? And at this point, things started, what I remember started dwindling. All right, I started slowly getting into this <clears throat> space. So I'm going to only tell you kind of what I remember until I woke back up. So... I don't remember, I guess, I, I guess my girlfriend had come in at the time too, and I had asked her the same thing, are you my wife? And I must have said something like, well, why are you here if you're not my, like, something like that, like, why are you here if you're not my wife, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. So my mom, like, took her out. And I'm sure that was horrible to hear from someone you're, like, we've been dating for a couple of years. Mm-hmm. So I was um, constantly thinking like that. I don't remember too much and up until like I remember everyone was gone and it was like late at night and I was trying to was supposed to be going to bed and um I remember, I remember <laughs> laying there and there was a nurse that was probably said to watch me mm-hmm. and she was sitting just outside the room like wasn't in the room but just sitting just outside the room and I could see her and I was like for some I think I don't think her name was Maria, but I called her Maria. <laughs> Interesting. That was my wife. I'm like, Maria, I'm like, what are you doing? Get come in on. Here. <laughs> yeah, I was like, come here. I was like, come on. Like, You're so excited. Why are, you, why are you sitting out there? Like, get me out of here. Let's go. <laughs> and just could tell she was just laughing. And I was like, come on. Like, what are you, like, what are you doing? So hopefully I made it her night, too. <laughs> and... Um, <laughs> So this, I think, was, it was either Thursday going into, like, Friday early morning, right? Friday early morning at, like, midnight, 2, 3 in the morning is when I was there. I don't remember Friday day at all. Um, All I remember, at least from what my mom told me recently, was that my heart rate was just out of control. Like, my heart rate was so high, they thought, like, my heart was going to either explode or I was going to have a heart attack or something was going to happen. Like, it was just beating. And I'm sure my eyes were on. And I remember my grandma came. Um, she told me this after the fact, too. She was like, I looked into your eyes, and I just saw, it was, she's like, it was just black. She was like, your eyes were just black. She was like, didn't even seem like you were there, like my grandson was even there alive. 
And I was like, I am so sorry. I'm so sorry that happened, that you felt that, that you saw me in that state, you know? I, I didn't know. I had no control. That Friday day, I, I don't know what happened. <clears throat> um, and I guess my parents, my, my dad was talking, and I just learned this information, that he was like, I want a priest to come to give him his final rites, right? And final rites are given when they think you're going to die. Like, you have to get these rites done before. Like, if you're in hospice or anyone with an hospice, they come and do your final rites when it's, like, your last moments. And, you know, I remember my mom was telling me that they were arguing about that, and my mom, my dad was like, just do this for me. <coughs> so, back to my perspective, the only thing I remember was, like, my eyes, like, peeling open and waking up to this this priest giving me the sign of the cross and as soon as that was done I passed back out and just knocked back out and was in, it was in just blackness and then I don't know how long after um, but I woke up and I thought I died I remember looking around and being like I'm dead. I'm in purgatory. Like, what is going on? And I remember my mom, my aunt, my sister, and my cousin were all there. And I remember just being very still and very quiet. And I was like, okay, so I'm dead. I'm in purgatory. Someone's trying to keep me here. The doctor, I thought the doctor was the devil because he had come in when I had woken up. Mm -hmm. I didn't say a word to him. Well, my parents said, to my, my, my family had talked to them. Like those, so those four were the ones that stayed with me most of the time. Like, they never left. Um, and I was like, okay, so these guys are my, you, you guys are my guides. Like, you, like at, at first they weren't real. Mm. I was like, you guys are my guides and you're going to help me get out of purgatory and either come back to here or move on forward into heaven to be able to help in, like, another realm. Mm-hmm. Like, that's... That's where I was at when I woke up. So I was sitting there just like kind of quiet. I was like, holy shit. Okay. But I didn't want to say anything. I like didn't speak. And I remember my cousin brought um, like a piece of pad and paper to like write so we could write to each other. And I asked like, did I die? And she said no. I didn't necessarily believe that at first though. But it took me a minute to realize, okay, I'm still alive. Mm-hmm. It took me a minute. Um, and they had, like, these monitors on me to monitor, like, my heart rate. I didn't know what it was. Um, and I remember that whole time, like, they had to help me bathe. They had to help me, like, get to the bathroom, help me, like, walk. Uh, it took me a while to start speaking. Um, I remember trying to speak Spanish because half my, you know, they're Puerto Rican, half my family. Um, and so I tried to speak a little bit of Spanish to them. Because, well, because one, I also didn't want the doctor to know. Yeah. Like, I thought the doctor was the devil the yeah. whole time. Like, every time he came in, I just was, like, got this really weird feeling about him. Yeah. And... Hmm. 
so I'm going through this time and I remember <laughs> I didn't know what this stuff was that was monitoring me so by the time I was able to like be on my own um, and, like go to the bathroom on my own I like walk in and I'm like sitting in the toilet and I thought like I, they must have given me meds that like would make me not be able to like, take a shit mm. so I'm like trying and I'm like pushing this button and the button calls the nurse but <laughs> But I thought at the time I thought this button was gonna help, help me go, go to the bathroom. <laughs> so I'm pushing it, I'm pushing it, and I hear the nurse come in and I'm like, they're like talking to my family and they're like, no, you just go to the bathroom. <laughs> I'm like trying to go so bad. And like trying to figure out what's going on. And like trying to like wake myself back up. Mm-hmm. Cause like at this point I was like, this is not right. So, and then, you know, I'd come out, and this is what really kind of kept me in that space, was we were on a lake, we, like, this, this hospital backed up to, behind it there's, like, this man-made pond, but it was, like, frozen over, and there might have been a fountain in the middle, which is why that one part wasn't necessarily frozen over or had snow on it, but to my my perspective, what was feeding me was that's where I landed, mm. right? That was about the same size of an ambulance. It was like a rectangle square. I was like, that's where I came in. That's where I landed. So I'm like, okay, so we're somewhere completely different. Like I'm on a whole different dimensional plane than I used to be. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't know where I am. I don't know what's going on. So I try to just play it cool. And so I was in the hospital for, I think, about three days. I had friends come and visit, and I remember just, like, speaking to them in a certain way, and I had my buddy hold... I was, like, holding my buddy's finger, like, my good buddy, that my roommate at the time was, like, a very good friend of mine, and I had someone put their hand on my head, and I was like, look, guys, like, I can't go to our camping trip. We used to go to a camping trip every, uh, every year. We called it Camp Virginwood <laughs> was our name. But it was just a bunch of the guys would go camping. <laughs> I smoke a bunch of weed, drink, fucking blow off fireworks, ride an ATV. It's like, just go to the beach. Sounds do fun. stupid shit. Go Sounds fishing. really fun. Oh, yeah. It was awesome. It was a blast. But I was like, I can't go this year. Yeah. But I'll be there in spirit. I'll be an eagle. Like, I'll be there. <laughs> like, I, I was just awesome. talking out of my mind. Yeah. And I remember also, oh, these were some big things that happened, too. <laughs> they were like, you can phone down and order food. And I was like, what? Like, yeah, if you phone down on a food, though, they're gonna, they'll know who you are, and they'll just make what you want. Mm. I was like, so in my head, I was like, oh, they know who I am? Yeah. They know, what, they know what's up? Like, they get it? All right, yeah. cool, dope. So I called down. They were like, hey, Josh, blah, blah. I was like, I want this, I want this, <laughs> I get this. So I ordered food. I was like, dope, like, service. Like, they know who I am. Yeah. Like, kind of deal. In the luxury life. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was like, I'm being treated as, you know, as... God would be treated or like, you know, talk about Greek with all like giving an offering. Like, yeah. Oh man, I was, whoo, I was on one. And I remember um, my dad and my mom like took me for a walk around the thing. And I'm carrying like the IV bag or whatever to keep me hydrated. And I'm walking around and I just see people in other rooms. And I'm like, There's a bunch of people in here. Like, are a lot of these people dying. And they were like, yeah, probably, some of them. And I was like, can I go talk to them? Like, can I go be with them? I was like, they need me. 
and they're like, no, 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 you can't do that. They have other people that are there for them. And I was like, like why? Like why can't I be there? Like that's what I'm here for. That's what I'm supposed to do. I'm supposed to be there. Like in my head, I'm like, why the hell can't I go talk to these people? That's why I'm here, right? Yeah. <laughs> so I was very taken aback by that. And they brought me back to the room. And then uh, I'm trying to think of like what else happened in the hospital that was a very like pinnacle moment. Like while I was just there being a patient. Those were kind of the main ones. Mm-hmm. Um, so then I got discharged. And I went to go stay at my aunt's place because she lived close to the hotel. Or to the hotel. To the hospital. <laughs> Quick question. How long were you at the hospital for? Like in total? Three days. Three days? Friday to Saturday. Oh, Friday okay. to Sunday. I got released on Sunday afternoon. Just like Christ being reborn. <laughs> Is that really? <laughs> Over on a three Friday. Days? Yeah, three days. Are you serious? Yeah, you don't know the story of Easter? Mm-mm. Died on a cross. They well, yeah, I do, actually. In the thing, and three and days then later, the yeah, tomb or whatever. Three days later, they went and he was gone. That's crazy. Yeah. So I I was like, uh, my grandma thinks that's crazy, too. I remember we talked about that. Wow. But, so I stayed at my aunt's place because she lived close to the hospital. Um, and in hindsight, I didn't know that I was about to be put as an inpatient. So I didn't know. She lived close to that spot, too. So I'm staying there. I'm showering. And I'm like, it's weird. It just had this still weird feeling of, like, as I was driving, we were driving home, I would see, like, logos or signs. And, like, they all played this, like, sacred geometric symbols. And, like, I was like, oh, I created that symbol. Oh, I made that. Oh, I remember making that, too. Oh, wow, this is beautiful. Everyone's it's just all just made in my image. Damn. Yeah. I was like, oh, wow, that's awesome. That's beautiful. Like, I'm on a whole different world. Oh, great. I'm on a place where they you know, were bound back. Like, this is, this is awesome. That's crazy. Yeah. So, you know, I get, you know, I'm getting food, and, you know, the next day or that night, my dad called me on the phone and when my dad called me, I was watching hockey, a big hockey fan. And I remember watching the hockey game just before he called me. I mean, food, watching the hockey game. And the commentators, it was like the L.A. Kings and someone else were playing. I loved the Kings at the time. I just loved some of the players. Um, and the commentators were, like, commentating as if they knew I was watching. Like, it was like they were speaking to me. Like, oh, man, they're playing real good. You know, they know that they're, you know, he's watching tonight and blah, blah, blah and all this stuff. And, like, was just going in. Like, glad he's back. And I was just like, oh, like, this is really weird, mm-hmm. you know. And then my dad called my aunt, like, called my name. And I turned my head and then the TV shut off. Maybe she had the remote and tried to see, but I just thought that was, like, really rare. I remember, like, freezing. I was like, did you see that? Mm-hmm. That was strange. And then I talked to my dad. He's like, I'm going to pick you up in the morning. We're going to go. And I was like, okay, cool. We'll go. And blah, blah, blah. So I picked me up in the morning. And we got brought into, he brought me to this building. This is where I was going to have to, because I was of age where I had to sign myself in to be an inpatient. So they couldn't just sign me in. Mm-hmm. So we got, and, they, and we're waiting in there, and I'm sitting in this waiting room, sitting around all the people. 
around me and my head was going to like did I hurt all these people like is this an intervention like why are we here like am mm-hmm. I going to make amends for all these souls like what's going on and so we get in the room and we're talking with the guy that's there it's me and my mom my, my dad and I remember like as they were saying it like talking about how I had to check myself in to be this impatient blah blah and stay here and they were like going over what the program was and I remember like again my eyes started rolling in the back of my head because I was like how could this be happening to me I, sh- I don't need to be here I don't know why I'm here why are you guys bringing me here like I don't need is there something that I did like did I do something wrong like do I really need help? Like, my, my head's going through all these different things, and I'm, like, going like this, like, just wake me up, wake me up, wake me up, wake me up. Like, wake the fuck up, wake up, wake up, wake up. Like, you don't need to be here. But like, what is happening? And I'm trying to just figure it out. Like, just trying to get out. Just trying to just, like, please just wake me up. Like, this is not really happening. You know, this, this can't be. can't be real. So I had to accept it at that point. Um... And this is where we're going to kind of take a quick break. And we're going to take a pause here before I get into this next next half of being an impatient. Um, mostly because we've also been going for 83 minutes. I'm going to take a break. I'm going to get some water, breathe. It's hot. Um, but this is also a very touchy space. Um, I don't want to make sure I have it all just... So we're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back. That was pretty good. All right, welcome back. I mean, I'm sure it wasn't Thanks. that long for you. Yeah, <laughs> I'm sure that wasn't that long for you. I probably won't leave it. Like, I'm not going to have a 15-minute intermission for mm-hmm. you guys. <laughs> yeah, we had a nice little break. Uh, well, actually, technically this would be part two. Yeah, part two, guys. Thanks. <laughs> right, thanks. thanks for coming back. Uh, yeah, part two. <laughs> So where we left off uh, was just about to enter into the impatient. All right, I was sitting there with my parents. 
And yeah, because I was of age, I had to sign myself in. So, trying to figure out what was really going on. You know, I, I was in everything I knew or what I thought I knew was just crumbling. And I was like in this huge state. You know, obviously, I, I think I told him I was hearing things, probably said I was seeing things, blah, blah, blah. So, I checked myself in, and this was the craziest ride of my life to this day. Bar what we had been through in the last, together over the last couple of years, like, there's nothing compared to what happened to me in the inpatient. Like, what I went through there with that whole ordeal, living in that yeah. space. Yeah, That's crazy. Does not compare to what I, I went through here. Damn. And that was crazy, too. Yeah. That was intense. Yeah. <clears throat> so, I checked myself in, and I have to have clothes that don't have uh, any sort of, like, uh, rope or string, you know, I have to have, like, open shoes that don't have string on it, uh, underwear that doesn't have anything I can rip up, because they don't want you to kill yourself. Dang. So I have to have anything, nothing that has a string on it, so hmm. I had to have a certain set of clothes, so I'm wearing a Blackhawk shirt, and, you know, sweats or whatever, and I get in there, and I remember just, like, obviously still being, like, I I don't know why I'm here. So I don't get this at all. So I get in and I just start observing everything. And at this point, because I was still in that state, my awareness felt heightened to everything and sensitive to everyone's feelings, emotions, whatever's going on. I just felt heightened. And there was a desk that was like sitting near the front of the, in the room or something. And basically, I'll just kind of draw a picture of how this place looked. Okay, so there's a door here, a door here, and then the front desk had like this U shape right here. And then there was like this main little room. Then there was a door here where the, you'd go to do a doctor visit. And there was a door here that was like the single room where no one else can be in there. Only one person's allowed to be in that room at a time. So mm -hmm. kind of like your isolation, like your self-isolation room would be. And then there's this, like, main room where we would eat breakfast, lunch, and dinner, where we would have our groups gathering, so that's all in that little U-shape. And then you had a line that just went straight back. On either side, there's just rooms where you would sleep. That was like a dorm. You had to share it with somebody. And at the very back, there's a window, and there's a couple chairs you could sit, or you could bring up a chair and sit. And, um, so I was in the very beginning area and there was like this desk and I remember just kind of watching everybody. I just was observing and I just sat at the desk and I just asked, can I get a piece of paper and a pencil, a couple pieces of paper, pencil. And I just started watching everybody and I didn't say a word, just was watching. And every so often someone would look at me or they would go and do something. But in my head, what was happening was like, I was like, it was almost like I was being tested. Mm -hmm. Like, I thought I was on some sort of punked show, like with 
and Ashton Kutcher was about to pop out and say, hey, we got you, this is not going to happen. But I was like, okay, this is some sort of, there's some, they're observing me mm-hmm. for some reason. So I'm sitting there just watching everybody, and it almost looked like they were like just nonchalantly like doing some bullshit work. Like they were doing stuff that wasn't even, you didn't even need to do. It was just like, we're just doing this to also watch you and to act like we're doing something. And so I'd watch and I'd... Like they're playing a part or something? Yeah, like they're just playing, like they're an actor playing a role. That's kind of what it was like. And so I'm I'm writing out like just some poems. Um, I love poetry, so I'd write a little poetry and sit there and I'd write a little bit. And just observed everybody. And then throughout the time there, I met this guy and this other, uh, a girl um, who had been in for a while. People had been in there for a minute before I got there. There wasn't really anybody new that came in. Maybe like one or two people towards the end of my stay that kind of came in. But everyone started to take on a role of my psyche or of someone that was in my life. Mm. So, like, this one guy who is a firefighter, uh, fire chief or whatever, he acted as, like, this grounding conscience in the time I was there. And then the person that was always with him was this girl, and they... It was kind of hard. I think it was a girl. I think it might have been a boy. I I don't know. I, I honestly... The gender just seemed to escape me at this time. Because they, they just seemed... But, like, the mannerisms and the way they acted, the way they were, reminded me of my brother. And it was really strange. I was like, I had my brother with me, and I had this, like, conscience, this, like, grounding conscience. And so we stayed up quite a lot, just kind of talking. I didn't talk that much. I was more just observing and just kind of, like, nodding and just kind of being, like, trying to figure out what was really happening inside of me, what was really going on, that to project him like that. Mm-hmm. And and then, you know, I was with a roommate who was very, they had to watch him a lot. He was very, like, a high risk or something. Like, I remember, like, trying to sleep and then waking up and seeing, like, there was some, I don't know if they were therapists or what, psychologists, I don't know who it was, but just, like, sitting there watching him sleep. And I just felt very weird. I was like, why are they in the room with us? Like, why are they there just, like, sitting there? It was very odd. And I remember, you know, you'd go and you'd pick your... They'd give you a slip in the morning. And I would have, like, your lunch and dinner for the day. And you had to check off a mark box of what you wanted to eat. And you'd check it off and you'd hand it to them. And then they would bring a card in and... You know, they'd cart you your food, your breakfast. So I had breakfast, breakfast every morning. I'd sit with everybody. I had to wake up at a certain time every day, go and have breakfast. And then they'd have, like, group meetings throughout the day. Um, I remember trying to, like, for a lot of time I just spent trying to read or trying to just have some sort of sense of why I was there because I just hated being there. It just made no sense to me. And then there was this one lady. Oh, man. This lady stuck out to me 
so much. She was running around screaming Black Hawk down, Black Hawk down. And I was wearing a Black Hawk shirt. Hmm. And she screamed, Black Hawk down, Black Hawk down, blah, blah, blah. Like making all this ruckus. And I'm sitting there like confused. I'm like, are you trying to tell me something? Yeah. That I don't know? Saying she studied under Deepak Chopra. She's a life coach. She was saying that? Yeah. Saying all this stuff. And I'm I'm like, I was drawn to it. I was like, okay, do you have something to tell me? Like, I need to learn from like, what is going on? Like, try to get a one-on-one with her. Like, just, just to like, look, there's something that you know that I don't know that you're trying to like tell me right now. Mm-hmm. And like, we had some conversations. I remember like finally getting her alone in the, and, like, they like came over and like, you're not allowed to be in a, in the room together. Like, you're not allowed to have, you know, be in their room. No one else is allowed to go in anyone else's room. Like, mm-hmm. you're only allowed to be in your own room. So they like came and pulled us out and I was like, I want to get your information so I can contact you outside of this. Like, I was trying to do that. And they were like, no, you can't like, can't like pull it out. And then the next day she was gone. Damn. She was just gone. She never came back. And I was like, uh, and that was, for me, it was like, that's weird. Yeah. Like, the day, like, what happened? And I remember, like, telling my mom about that, and they were like, there's, there's, they're, they, because, like, they do, like, family visits. And they're like, there's nothing like that here. Like, I don't know what you're talking about. Never, there's no one like that that was here. There's no life coach here, blah, blah. And I was like, okay. But how would they have known? I bet that that was, like, more of, like, their fears of what was going on with you, too. Probably. Just wanted me to be sane. Mm-hmm. You know, thinking I'm losing it. You know? So, I... <clears throat> for a while, I wasn't taking my meds. I didn't know I had to take meds. Um, but they put you on this antidepressant or some sort of med I was on um, that I had to be consistently taking. I take it every night. I'm thinking every morning. And some of the meetings were just really interesting. I remember there was one meeting we were talking about. I didn't really engage that much. I just kind of listened and like, <coughs> just watched. Because then people in the room, like there was like part of people in there played like my divine masculine of like really curious, but then also part of it played like my divine feminine. There's women in there that played like my divine feminine of like being feeling my emotions and kind of just having questions and just very logical. It was very different balance um, throughout it. And I was like, oh, like, you're playing this side of me, this female side of me that, like, you know, and it was very trippy. Um, And I remember they brought up this one thing. I was like, well, so what if you don't necessarily believe in a god but believe that there's something else out there? Like, maybe that it's not, like, some random guy in the sky. Like, like you just connected with, like, what would you call that? I remember they gave me a name for it. Um, I can't remember what it was because I don't resonate with it anymore. Um, because I was, like, trying to, like, I don't necessarily believe that there's just one guy in the sky. That, to me, seems very... It just seems very just obtuse. It doesn't s- seem like it. No. <laughs> just to my beliefs, no. So, I was trying to figure that out. And 
I was trying to also just like center myself so I'd read a lot. And I remember they went, I went to the doctor and the first time, I thought I was only gonna be there for a couple days. And I went to the doctor and they're like, are you hearing things, are you seeing things? I was like, I mean, yeah, I hear stuff all the time. I hear a voice in my head, blah, blah, blah. And he wrote something down and then like, you know, off I went. And then I had to stay there for like another week. I was there for, I think I was there for like seven or nine days. Oh, and I thought I was going to be there for a couple. So I started like, just like slowly, for the first couple days I was like freaking out, like oh, I gotta get out of here. And then I was like, okay, now you just need to play the game. Just play the game, play the game. But I do remember that there was this one kid who was kind of my age, somehow went to the same university that I went to at Illinois State. Yeah. And was allowed to go like play basketball sometimes. And like, you know, they would take him and he'd go play shoot hoops. And I was like, yeah, dude. And we were talking about that. I was like, I'd love to go shoot hoops with you. Like, that would be awesome. Like, well, he's like, well, we'll just ask, you know, at the front desk if you can come with me when I go. And they like didn't let me go. And the next day he was gone. Hmm. It's like and everybody you interacted with would just dip just the next dip. Yeah. Yeah, I was gone. The only person that didn't leave was this old guy who was this old uh, Polish dude who didn't speak English, so we had a translator with him. Mm. And me and him just played chess. <laughs> That's pretty dope, too. Yeah, we just played chess. It was like the most, it felt like the most centering and allowed me to focus on something. And so we played a lot of chess. I would always ask him if he wanted to play. Um... But that whole time, I just remember just feeling very strange and just like, once I started just playing the game of just like doing the monotonous things they wanted me to do, I'd go to the doctor and say, no, I'm not hearing anything, no, I'm not seeing anything, blah, blah, I feel good, I'm fine, blah, 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 and just kind of went with it. Then finally they like let me, I finally got to go home, finally got discharged. And... I was still in that space of obviously curious of him. Oh, she just got fed. I feed her. I was like, why did you just yeah. dart out of here? Um, and I was trying to figure out what happened. So they set me on with a therapist. Um, and the therapist was cool. This was one of the better parts of the journey um when I started to like so like the what I felt like the impatient part was kind of like breaking down my and what I hate to say is what it felt like was the meds were just drowning me out from the connection Mm -hmm. and I was losing it Mm -hmm. I didn't feel connected to that energy anymore it just kind of drowned me out I knew I had to just play the game and I was like okay well here I go, and I just then I just felt like I flatlined um, internally. Just felt nothing. Just felt gray. Mm. It's the best way I can describe it. So that's how I felt when I left. I was still curious to the point where, you know, when I got home, I had you know I started reading the Bible and just reading different passages, um, you know, about the very beginning. But then I also read a lot about. I read the Revelations a lot um, about that and 
trying to see the messages in between and the messages that I needed to receive throughout that time of like what this was and and then when I started seeing the therapist my grandma would take me I didn't have a phone for for a while um, so she would drive me to the therapists and I uh, got to the therapist his opening question was uh Okay, let me let me preface this how I found this guy first. Cause like my dad just this is like for insurance purposes. So I just found him and called and like set up a schedule. Just a random guy. And I think he was supposed to be like someone that ha- helped with like people who are dealing with like drug abuse or like a drug addiction. Mm. Parents probably thought I had a drug addiction to marijuana or something. I don't know. <laughs> he goes. His first question. So, do you think you're gonna smoke weed again? You think you're going to smoke weed? And I was like, fuck yeah. I was like, hell yeah. And he goes, what do you mean? I was like, because I know it wasn't the weed. He goes, what are you talking about? It wasn't the weed. I was like, I know it wasn't the weed that caused all of this to happen. There's no way. Because I checked my sources and clearly, if there was the weed, then my buddy, my roommate, would have experienced it. He would have been in the bed next to me. We would have experienced the exact same thing. He would have been freaking out he would have been seeing shit he would have you know we smoked the exact same he didn't get different weed we always shared the weed there's no way so why you know why does he fall asleep or get tired and i'm over here having these crazy ass experiences does that that just doesn't happen when people smoke the same strain even if it is laced like everyone decided to say oh it's laced with pcp based on his Based on what was happening with the hospital, based on him thinking it's his Christ state, blah, 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 he's this higher being, he's this angel, like, it's laced with PCP. Okay, then if it is, why didn't my roommate experience this? Why didn't he have a similar awakening? Why, you know, explain to me that. To this day, you know, no one knows. So, I, my therapist was like, well, do you remember a lot of what happened? And I was like, yeah. So I broke down basically the very beginning story that I just told you guys. Um, In the last episode, I broke it all down to him. Everything that I could remember. And all these different revelations. And he goes, you know, okay, so we're just going to, we just talked about that for a while. That took up one session. Our next session, um, he gave me this, or after that session, he gave me this book. And I highly recommend this to anybody who wants to explore themselves and explore deeper into their own mind, their own internal state, um, and break out of maybe habitual patternings of lostness or anxiety or um, feeling stuck or feeling like you're in a vicious cycle of my emotions taking control or wanting to gain a different perspective on spirituality or things like that. Um, book called Untethered Soul. He gave me that book. And when I was reading that book, I read that book the first day I got home. Read the whole fucking thing. Just sat there and read it for probably a couple hours. And I was laughing. I was like, oh, yeah, I experienced this. Oh, I already know this. Yeah, mm-hmm. I experienced this. I get this. I get all this. Everything made sense. I was like, I've been there. Mm-hmm. I get exactly what he's talking about. I lived that for two weeks. I was in that space. 
and I came back the next session. I was like, I finished the book. And he was shocked. He was like, what? I was like, everything that's in this book, he's like, I had happened to me. I know exactly what it's like. I get it. The feeling of the awareness, the pulling yourself back, the witnessing the thoughts, the connection, like all that, creating, like just bringing things in. I was like, I know exactly what he's talking about. I get it. And so then we started talking about my poetry. And for the whole time, this therapist, just a beautiful, beautiful human being, so grateful that he was put in my path at this time because that whole every session that we had it was tailored to strengthening my connection with whatever I felt and giving me a ground work frame to be stable in it damn yeah he was like I want you to continue to write I want you to continue to, you know, we would talk about the, the things I would write. We'd talk about the things, the poems that I would have, and we would depict them and go through them. And I have a lot of those poems that I wrote. Um, I have a little, like, 25 pages of just poems that I have uploaded. I was going to make it to a little poem novel, but I haven't done anything with it. But. So all those poems are still there, and we would just go through them and depict, you know, where your head's at, where, what's the energy, what are you feeling, blah, blah, blah. Um, and he laid a framework for me to be comfortable with what I had just experienced and not feel like psychotic or crazy. Um, and I got, I ended up getting my old job back and I ended up working. And it was funny, the first time that I went to the gym, because I used to work at a Lifetime Fitness and, uh, as like one of the sous chefs, I went in one of the days, and I remember some old friends, this, this is probably a week or two after I got back, I walked into the gym and I see some of my old buddies from high school, and my one buddy looked at me like I was a ghost. He was like, Sebsy? Is that you? I was like, I was like, yeah, dude, what's up? He's like, dude, I thought you were dead. Like, so many people think you're dead. No. Yeah. They really thought they you thought died. I died. I was like, nah, man, I'm right here. I'm here. I'm good. He was like, holy shit. He's like, you just sent me on a trip. Like, I thought I was seeing your ghost. Dang. Yeah. I was like, great. Everyone, half the people in my grade thought I was dead. That's crazy, bro. <laughs> right? That's really trippy. To me, to, to having that. Feeling like I died yeah, personally, yeah, that ego death, whatever the hell happened to me, to getting my last rights to this, to them being like, dude, we thought you actually died. Yeah. Like, we heard you died. I was like, that's crazy. Yeah, well, did you go to my funeral? Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously not. Yeah. <laughs> so that was, that right there was like this huge just trip. But I was still in a space of, okay, I, I need to figure out, like, I didn't, I was patient with this. This is where I took those words and was patient, and I didn't bring it up to anybody. I just kept my head forward. I worked. I worked at Lifetime, and I remember my buddy, Rossi, and I, um, we were talking about how we're going to move, and we're going to move, if we're still going to move to Colorado. And um, I was like, well... You know, I was like, oh, I don't know. I mean, because at the time they had visited Arizona because when, when we were all going to go to Colorado, that spring break trip. Mm -hmm. But obviously, I was incapacitated. I was 
in the hospital, and then I was an inpatient, so they went to visit our friends in Arizona. And they came back. Um, and I remember, you know, they were like, oh, do you still want to move? And I was like, I asked them, I was like, do you guys still want to move? And I was like, I still want to move. Because I had gotten discharged from the school for health reasons. Mm. Because I was put in the hospital or whatever, I couldn't go to class. So they discharged, like, I got a medical discharge from the school. So mm. I didn't have to uh, pay for, I think, that last semester or something. And I was like, well, in my head, I was like, yeah, I still want to move. Figure this out. So I was working my job. And I remember going to, like, family functions and just feeling like everyone was tiptoeing around me. And then I could hear, like, I felt like I could hear thoughts of, like, when we were talking, like, we don't know what to say to you. Like, you know, just being very, like, cautious, like, you don't want to talk about it, you know, you're just working right now, that's great. Like, trying to just be in you know, without triggering me, right? And I could just feel this energy of, are you okay? Is he going to have another psychosis state? Like, is, are you going to, are you going to be able to live? Like, what's going to happen with you? Like, they were just very, also like taken aback because I just felt like I was like this, I almost felt like I was a witch in olden times. And yeah. they were like... <clears throat> You don't know what to think about you anymore. You used to be this like, hat, like this, just you know, bouncing around, cracking jokes kind of guy. Everything seemed normal, and then this happened. We don't know what to think of you anymore. Mm. So I could feel that energy at that time when everything had happened, and I was like, I need to get out of here. Like I gotta figure out what's going on. So I worked my ass off, um, and I just kind of stuck to myself for the next five months, and. Worked as hard as I could. Five, six, it was like maybe six or seven months or something. Um, I worked just every day. I would even help out at a different lifetime to get things going. Um, and would drive and would just work and work and work and saved money. Um, because I was like, well, I'm going to move. I don't know where. And then somehow a couple months prior to... We're like, my buddy and I, we're like, well, let's move to Arizona. They have a school out there in uh, Art Institute out in Arizona. We'll fucking just transfer credits there. We'll go live out in Arizona. We got some buddies out there. I was like, I was like, how was it? He was like, it was awesome. I was like, great, I trust you. I never visited Arizona before. Just, just like, all right, fuck it. Yeah. So I started looking online for places, found us a nice two-bedroom. Then a couple months prior to my other buddy was like, I want to come with. I was like, all right. So I found a three-bedroom. I had a flat rate electricity. I was like, great, set everything up. Um, and I contacted them, and they were like, yeah, just get down here. We'll sign everything, blah, blah, blah. I was transferring lifetimes, so I worked it out with the lifetime out in Arizona. Oh, nice. I'm going to transfer everything. Um, and then I told them, I was like, don't worry about a job. Like, I'll just get you guys a job a lifetime when we get out there. Like, it'll <laughs> nice. be great. Just save up some money now. So we all saved up, and I think I only had, like, a grand. I had enough for, like, our deposit and, like, first month's rent. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I was like, I'll have a job when I move out there. Like, I'll be good. Yeah. Didn't even care. Packed everything in my car. I had like an infinity. We just packed everything in our cars. And then we drove. Uh, Three-day trip. We stopped at a hotel, slept, and then drove the next, you know, next day. Um, and that started the journey of figuring out who I am. 
that was the catalyst moment, you know, prior to leaving, like, where I just felt like I was still creating because I felt, I knew, I was like, okay, this stuff is still here. I didn't feel as connected because of the meds. And actually I, a couple, like probably a week or two after I got on an inpatient, I remember going to my parents and I really just fast forward by telling you guys about moving to Arizona. But anyways, I'm going to jump right back. Really just kind of cut, I cut cold turkey with that med, the medicine. Because I remember, I remember talking to my parents and I was like, I was like, we got to do something about this. They're like, why? It's supposed to be helping. I was like, I, I could care less if you died right now. If you died, I probably wouldn't even cry. I would have no emotions. Is that really a medicine you want your son to be on? Yeah. And I remember my mom was like kind of iffy about it. My dad was like, we'll do, you know, do whatever. Just go see the doctor. You know, well, she'd at least see psych- the psychiatrist first. I was like, all right, fine. We'll go talk to him. We'll go see maybe if he can lower the dose or something, whatever. Yeah. So we get there, and my grandma takes me in. Because oh, my grandma was my driver because I didn't have a car before this. So she drops me off, and I go into the office, and I just, like, explain to him. I was like, I just feel, like, numb to everything. I was like, I don't even, you know, I wouldn't even care if my parents like, I, I don't, I want to get off these. Is there anything you can do to, like, lower the dose or something or get me off of these? And he goes, well, you've been on it for about a month. Um since you started, it's, like, it's only been a, it's like, I want you to stay on them for the next couple months and we'll up it just a little bit. Maybe that'll help. I was like, up it. I was like, are you even listening to what I'm saying? Yeah, what? Are you even listening to me? Dude, I didn't take anything when I was taking. I was like, no. And I just got up and left. I got, I got up and left his office and I was like, come on, grandma, we're going home. And Damn. I just threw him out. And that was the same guy that you you thought was well, like you felt I like think, was helping. I don't know if it was the same times. guy. No, 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 not the therapist. Oh, this right, is a right, different, okay. this is a different person. Okay. Yeah, different, different guy. Okay, the psychiatrist. Um. Yeah, and so. Yeah, I just cut it cold turkey. I just quit. I was like, I don't even care. I don't care what the side effects are. I was like, I'll ride through it. I don't even care. I'm not taking this med. So I threw it out. And then, you know, he was going through the therapy because the therapist was beautiful. He was helping beautifully. Yeah. And right before I was leaving, we had about seven or nine sessions. And I get a bill in the mail. And I had just saved up all this money. And I get a bill for like $700. And I'm like, fuck. I was like, how? I, I was like, okay. Well, I know the insurance should have covered at least a couple sessions, so maybe it's not this much. Let me just go talk to them <coughs> and go figure this out. I was like, holy crap. Because if that were the case, I wouldn't have been able to move. Yeah. All the money I just made in that time frame, I would have just had to, I would just have paid, you know, all of it off because fuck. So I go there, I go to his office, I pull in. And I walk in, and there's, like, his receptionist out there or something. And she's like, can I help you? And I was like, oh, yeah, I'm here to talk to I'm here to talk to him about my bill. I got a bill in the mail. And I was just thinking that some of the insurance money was going to cover a couple of the sessions. So I had another bill. She goes, what's your name? I was like, oh, Josh Stepsey. She looks at she goes, oh. She goes, oh, I know you. Yeah, no, I, he covered everything. You don't have to pay a dime. I was like, What? So yeah, he took care of everything. Took care of he's like she took the bill, like wrote something on it, and then just like threw it out. Damn. I was like, what? 
Really? I, I cried. I started. I got in my car and cried because I was like, and I couldn't see him. He was with a patient, so I was just like, oh, okay, man. well, and I just I cried like a baby. I was like, there's another blessing that's allowing me to move. Yeah, it's allowing me to get out of here. It's allowing wow. me to go on this journey that I need to go on. I was fucking. I want to cry about it right now because yeah. it was like he had just helped me lay this framework, and I was like. Oh, Oh, my, it was just absolutely beautiful. So I moved out. I just drove out that same time. Everything just fell into place. Everything that I intended, that I was wanting to happen, happened exactly the way I had seen it. Moved out here, moved in as soon as we got there, signed the things. A couple days later, I got my buddies' interviews at at Lifetime. They got the jobs. Boom. And we just lived. And then shortly after, I mean, they ended up quitting and getting their own jobs, but at least it got us going. It got us started. Yeah. You know, got us getting regular paychecks in so no one had to worry about trying to just find a job, go through an interview process, like all that process. Like, sometimes it's a pain in the ass. Mm. So it really set me on a journey of a lifetime. Thanks, Lifetime Fitness. (laughs) But it was, you know, coming out here was definitely a trip. Um, you know, I didn't know what to do out here. I knew, you know, when I started wanting to go into music, I was still trying to follow, like, my passions and what I really wanted to do. And I was meditating. I was doing, like, all these different kind of studies um, just on my own. Um, but I tried to go get my transfer credits to, like, continue culinary. Mm-hmm. And so the two things I really wanted to study in my life was culinary school and music. I always wanted to know how to make my own music. And so I I went there and talked to the guy and the guy it's funny, the recruiter's name was also Josh. So I'm fucking talking to Josh and he's like, Okay, well we're actually I haven't got your transcript yet or your transfer credits over yet, so let me actually contact him. Let me send an email, send a phone, have someone phone them. And while we're waiting on that, let me give you a tour of the place. And I was like, all right, cool, we'll take a tour. He's like, I'm going to take you somewhere special. Like, normally we don't show people this. Like, <laughs> this is like probably one of the coolest spots that I think of in this place. So he takes me to the fucking studio room. No way. Dude. What? Well, he walked into the studio and he's like, he's like, oh, yeah, this is the mixer. Well, you'll mix all the, you know, the, the students will mix their music. They'll get to come in here. And he opens up and this is like the booth. And I walked in the booth and I was like, oh, this is just a mic hanging down. And I was like, then oh. I went and go and stood at the mixer board. And I'm like checking everything out. I was like, oh, my gosh. And I looked at him and I was like, this is incredible. This is beautiful. I was like. How much, I started asking him, was like, how much is, like, the audio program? What is it here? And it was just, like, it was absurdly expensive. Mm-hmm. And I just remember looking at him, and some things was, like, you can look at community colleges. That's just, that was, like, the first thought that came to my head. I was like, look at community colleges. I was like, okay. So I didn't even give him the time of day. I was just like, I was like, ah, don't worry about my transcript transferring. Don't worry about the rest of the tour, man. Appreciate it. Yeah. Thank you. And I left. I didn't even get to see the rest of the place. Like, oh, you showed me that. And I was like, Bill, I know exactly what I want to do now. Yeah. Damn, bro. So I dipped, and I found out that Mesa Community College offered a great audio engineering program. And I was like, I looked at the in-state compared to out-of-state, and I was like, fuck it. I'll study a year of, 
you know, my own studies. I'll get some equipment, and then, you know, I'll just study music for a while, for a year, have fun, and when my year comes of me living here, then I'll go to school. That's what I did. And I took audio engineering school. And granted, the guy that actually started the audio engineering program at Mesa Community College was the guy who started, like, this... The school that was solely built, like called Crass. Have you heard of Crass? Yeah, so, here? yeah, yeah. So that's a huge school. Yeah, he helped develop the program for that school and he used to teach there. Oh, damn. And then he left because he didn't like the practice. So he left and he came to the community college and brought everything he knew and learned wow. to the community college. Damn. So I was getting basically the Crass studies at like a quarter of the price. Wow. And learned a fuck ton like he i remember i just i just it picked it up so quickly yeah about how to create the mixing the frequencies the audio connecting the microphones like just like understood it and like the pathway how to connect how to so i can go on to any mixer board or any studio and be like yeah i know how to do all mm-hmm. this and i set it all up all about boom there we go i can record and um i remember he gave me a lot of time to be in the studio, he, like, I don't know, he just let me, we, me and him just hit it off. He's a great guy. And I remember I asked him, I was like, is there any way we can get, like, extra like time in the booth to, like, mix? And he goes, uh, yeah, you can, you know, uh, you can come on a day that I have double classes or whatever. You can come and you can just kind of mix around, mess with the stuff, and see how the compressors work, the equalizer, all the stuff, a little outboard gear. And I was like, dope. I remember I came in, and I just lost track of time in there. I was in there for probably like, I don't know. He said I was in there for like three and a half hours, four hours, just going at it. He came in all frantic, and I see him like kind of like closing. I like looked up, and I was like, oh, what's he doing? And he came in here, and he goes, I had all the stuff still plugged in, like, all this stuff everywhere. Like, you have to, like, reset the board. He goes, what are you doing? And I was like, oh, I was, I was just mixing. He goes, I got to go. We got to set this. I was like, oh, shit. I was like, we're going through. I was like, pulling everything out. I was like, how long have I been in here for? Yeah. He's like, you've been here for, like, four hours. I was Damn. like, dang. He's, like, yeah. laughing. He's like, time flies. I'm like, yeah. It's crazy. It's crazy. Wow. Um. So that was my music journey. I did that. And that's how I, you know, so since then, I've been able to, it's been a wild road of like random ups and downs, but I've been able to have that intention, have the vision of what I've wanted to do. And I've been so grateful that I've been able to actually do it. Like no matter all the hardships I've had, I've been able to go through, learn, um, develop new I like to call them brain squiggles right? and those young women be like you just developing new squiggles in your brain like little pathways yeah. right like I've been able to do that and live even though it may not be what people think is lavish or grand or you know living rich like I've been able to you know see what it's like to run a business see what it's like to live on a ranch like in the middle of nowhere and just kind of like live on the land for a bit and see what it's like to you know live on my own and see what it's like to make music and work with artists and work with other artists and 
you know, see what it's just, I've been able to experience all that. I'm wow. very grateful. I'm only 28 and I have like, you know, I mean, there's some kids that are like fucking multimillionaires at like 20, but that's a whole different story. But I've been able to like live how I wanted to live yeah. instead of like living how others say you need to live. Right. I haven't, I figured that out early on instead of figuring out later on in my life when I may have already had things created. So, like, when I'm talking about seeing my my father and my grandfather, remember when I was talking about that story and I was laying in the bed and I saw the lifetime of my lifetime fall out. It's like I changed that whole, like, paradigm of what I would have been, like a whole dimension yeah. of where I would have been had I continued on this path that I was going on. I, like, changed that whole, everything just split. And it was crazy. Like my life has gone in a whole different direction than if you were to talk to me at 17, 18, 20, even like 23, 24. My life has gone in completely different direction. And it's all just been joyous. Like it's been the fun. It's been so much fucking fun. And I love it. And I just want to continue to create and continue to build and show people and teach people and allow them to see that they can do this too. That mm -hmm. it's not individual. You don't just see someone that's like out on Instagram or, like Instagram or making millions or off Facebook or just like you don't see someone that's out there living their life. Like you just see them on your pages or whatever if you have social media or you know, you hear someone talking about this life they're living, like, and you feel like you're missing out. That That is not outside of your own zone. That's not outside of who you can be. It's not, it's not outside of you. It's not something you have to chase. It's not something you have to work hard to get to. It's just something you can choose to be. It's just someone you can choose to be. You can choose to live that life if you want to. There's going to be hard times because you've seen me go through some of these crazy times and like have these feelings that were all over the board, but I was still having fun. There was no time where I wished, you know, <laughs> where I wished that I just worked a nine to five job and didn't do any of that. Like mm -hmm. there's no time where I wished I didn't do anything I I've done already. Like I have maybe some regrets of people I've hurt. I'm trying to let go of that. I'll be honest. I know that I've hurt some people and I've done some different things and there's part of me that's still trying to get over that fact of feeling guilt and you know we have those. I'm still human. And that's why I, I'm trying to, I want to create this space and this environment to let people see that they have the ability to do that, to live that kind of life that they can create if they see that it, if they see themselves doing something, that they have the opportunity to do so, that they don't have to save up a boatload of money or be rich or wealthy to do these sort of things, because I wasn't. I still am not. It's really simple. It's a mindset change. I feel like I've been blessed to have access or gain access to the Akashic Records 
um, and be able to live in it and then be able to live in a space of co-creating and manifesting the things that I need in my life without having to really be one of those people that broke their back and didn't sleep and grinded their life away, mm-hmm. you know? And there's a, there's, there's a difference that I won't, you know, I think I'll create another topic on that because there is a way to do it without having to get into that space, but there is, you know, um, talk about 5D and 3D energies, those kinds of things. Um, but there's, so I'm just, you know, I just feel grateful. And that's kind of how I landed here. I mean, there's more to the other store, the other side, but that I don't think needs to be told at this time. Maybe another time. Yeah, maybe in the future. Yeah. Um, maybe just one question to wrap it all up, because this is one that I was thinking about. Um, you know, if I wanted to have, like you were at, at the end there, you are like talking about how anybody can like, have the life that they deserve slash desire. And um, what does it take for someone to have some kind of, like, mindset shift to where that they can actually believe that? Is that what, I guess that's what this whole podcast is about, huh? (laughs) In a way. So the question is what, like, what can you get, like, can you do, like, a mindset shift? Yeah, like, what would it take, because, like, I, like, what would it take for someone to believe that they can have that kind of life, or even, like, find some kind of connection the way that you, you had that connection with Source, or whatever somebody wants to see that as. Oh, man. Um. I guess it control, some kind of control of their life. Well. There's only certain things you can't control. So I'll say you don't have any control of your life besides your thoughts and the way you react to the outside world. Um, <clears throat> uh, I'll say you have control of where you, you know, where you decide to put your energy, where you decide to put your thoughts, where how you decide to react to other people how you decide to react to things that happen in your life, whether they're good or bad. Um, those are really the only things you can control. Otherwise, you can't you can't control anything else. So there's really, when you say have control of your life, it boils down to finding those limited patterns that you've created inside your mindset of living in your reality like that anything in my awareness what I'm seeing now this is it this is all I get right and in order to change this feeling within me not having or living the life I have to I deserve or desire I have to go and change something outside to get there so it comes to a point of realizing that and being at peace with where you are now and saying, I have the power to like physically create and bring things in. And you have to get out of this money mindset of it costs money to do these things because 
when you think about manifesting and creating, your mind immediately goes to, okay, how, but how? How do I do this? I didn't know how I was gonna do any of the things when I was coming out here. Like the reason why I can tell a story like that is because at the time, I didn't know how it was gonna be possible I was gonna move. I didn't know how I was gonna figure out what was going on with me. I had no idea. I had no idea I was gonna find a teacher that was gonna teach me about the Akashic Records. I had no <laughs> idea I was gonna move out to Arizona until they came back. I had no idea how I was gonna move out to Arizona besides seeing that eventually I just knew I was gonna do that and boom, okay, great. How am I gonna do that? I had no idea, I had no idea, I just knew I wanted to move. Um, somehow I found out that there was a lifetime. I was like, oh, a thought came in. Oh yeah, I can transform it. Boom, okay, act on it. So I would say being connected to your intuition and kind of pulling out this space of the thoughts that tell you you can't do things mm -hmm. or it's too difficult or it's too big of a process or it's too long, it's gonna be too difficult. Just start taking that one step forward of when you ask in your head and you silence everything because I was very, my internal mind after that after that state, like after going through everything was just very, it was like I was, it was like I had been meditating for lifetimes. Mm, just clear. Just so clear. It's crystal clear that when I asked a question, I got the answer immediately. It was fucking buck wild. Like seriously. And I, 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 I haven't been able to get back to there very often. Sometimes I can, but I've been living back in, you know, this weird way to say it. I've been living back in this reality for so long that I've fallen back into victim by some of the old habits, the old ways of being. Why do you think that is? Like, what do you think the purpose of that is? Well, to, to learn how to do that again, to be able to get there without having weed or without having anything like that in there in my system. I mean, I guess weed took a lot of the barrier out, but... I don't know why that is. I mean, I would say that was the, my best guess, but I could blame society. I can go here and blame, you know, it's, it's just a bigger lesson, I would say, maybe to be able to teach people how to do it that have been stuck in it for so long. I, I was blessed to just be taken out like that, like the Matrix where they pulled them out so late in the game. Like, I was blessed to be able to have that experience what felt like a near-death experience. I, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna tell people to go try and have a near-death experience, but say so there's ways, I mean, you can, I can take you through a coaching program. I can guide you through your personal habitual beliefs and patternings and help you see these things. But the first thing is really to become aware that you're even doing it to yourself in the first place. Because when I was in that state, and I was telling you in those two weeks where I was making all those connections, I was recognizing and seeing the way that my thought patterns were the, and who created them when I was younger, but then also seeing how that was sort of, that was creating my life, the life that I was living, how I was feeling this space of depression, how I would, as, a, as a young kid I dealt with super anger problems and I'd go outside and just scream to the top of the world and start punching trees and punching the side of the barn to get my anger out just being just pissed off, just wanting to commit suicide and not wanting to be here at all because I hated the way the world was. I hated I hated who I was. I didn't know what, what was going on. I just hated everything. And I was in this state of just get the fuck out. Just do whatever the hell. Like I, I didn't know what to do. And I went to college and just drank my life away. Tried to kill myself twice at university. I had a beautiful friend that saved me. God bless her heart. 
that she had to see me in that state. I was blessed to have something that shifted everything. Not many people are going to have that. But in that time, I was able to see how I habitually created this thought process by following these tangents of you have to work really hard to get there. If you don't really work really hard, if you don't know what you want to do, you're going to be lost. You're not going to have anything. You're going to be broke. Look at the way your family is. They're broken and blah, blah, blah. Parents are divorced. You're never going to find love. All these things. I had to sift through these thoughts of like, holy shit, this is all making sense. None of this stuff was really me in the first place. Who do I want to be? Who am I? You know, what? Where? who, who am I? And I tailor it also to taking the initiative into wanting to learn something of myself. By seeing that I got myself and took the initiative to get myself into that culinary school and the joy that I was having that I was out there, I was a broke kid, barely making ends meet out there, going to school. Like fucking loving life. Having a great time. All this did, all it did, this t- this scenario here, all it did was heighten everything, and let me see everything from a broader, wider perspective. That this is affecting everyone, but let me show you what you can really do. Let me show you what you can really create, how you can really do this. And it wasn't just you; it wasn't me specifically. When I look back on this, there wasn't talking to me specifically it was talking about humanity as a whole what we can really create if we put the intentions in our minds together instead of this building up of separation of we're trying to get ahead of one another and trying to just make ends meet and we got a war going on here and famine going on here because we're all trying to just do things on our own i've read conspiracy theories that there's already been a one world government and they're trying to do all this thing, blah, 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 but there's different intentions behind that. There's a whole different fucking realm of thing. But at its base point, what they don't want you to know is how much power we have when we actually do come together. What we can actually create by the intentions and the ceremonies. If you ever go to like a, like you remember, we went to uh, um, those sweat lodges on the reservation. The energy that you feel in that womb space that they create, that is created. And I'm very grateful and very blessed to be a part of that and have that in my life. The energy of transformational shift and the intention that they have when you start off with the very first, and I may be butchering this, so I don't want to go too much into it, but how in the very first session, everyone has the same intention of you know, praying for either yourself or praying for uh, other other people that are close to you. Um, or maybe that's the first one, you pray for yourself. The mm-hmm. second one is you pray for or you put intention on energy towards those closest to you and your family. And then the third is like friends and family. And then the fourth is like humanity or just sending healing energy for those that are sick. And they, there's just intentions in each session. And you can feel that energy when everyone's in there having that same intention together. It, it helps, it heals you tenfold. Like, I remember coming out of there feeling like a freaking baby. Like, yeah. oh my God, thank you. Mm-hmm. Just released so much. Like, compi- compiled with, like, the energy and the elements. Um, so, 
I mean, if you think about that on a massive scale, which again goes back to the very beginning, the first one we were talking about of does anyone know what's really going on here? We've been put in a place to be just uh, in the mindset of individual success. But there's people that are trying to think of outer world success, like other humanity successes, but there's not many of that actually happening. Everyone talks about wanting to go build a community. Where is that happening? Why aren't we building the community together? If if so many of those people actually came together and just was like, you know, instead of thinking it's so difficult, which I'm sure some people are actually doing it, but actually put in, like, here, let's go build this community. Let's make this an experiment, like Arco Santi. Mm-hmm. That started back in the 60s. I mean, granted, they, they were just a prototype, so they're kind of in this still building stagnant phase. Technology wasn't there for them. And so now that we have that space to be able to create that, we have to see that we can do that without having to worry or have fears that there's no hope for us. So many people are giving up and they want you like that. They don't want you to be in a space so we can create our own, our own world. We can create the world we deserve to live in. Because they want you to be in a space of no, you need to learn how to accept the world around you and accept that this is where you are and this is the life you have to live. So when we talk about change and transformational change, I'm not just talking about how to, one, be in a space of okayness or peacefulness or finding, you know satisfaction with where you are in this current life if that's all you want in your life then great come to my transformation come come take a coaching session come be with me for a couple weeks i'll help you get to that space where you can break through these things and be okay with where you're at in this world right now but if you want to continue to make go further with it then i encourage you to take the full 14 weeks and then we'll just expand outward and i encourage you to reach out in some sort of way to do that and spread the word not to come see me but I want I want you to be able to go and after this after the program and be able to go to somebody and give them a few nuggets and then they can go transform or start creating the world they want to live in but really I want I, I ultimately I just want everyone to see that the power that we have is as a whole unit there's no there's no separation. There never has been. And there never will be. It's something that we've created in our own mindset. And it's so do- so down deep into this consciousness of ours that it's really hard to break people out of that. And I would say if you want to live the life that you deserve and live that spot, you have to see yourself as everything. You have to learn to see yourself as everything because then you can then create everything and that you already have it. But it's hard to be able to get to that mindset because of their old programming. So you have to work on that first. You'll work on studying that old programming and re almost like reinstalling this new programming of okay. So this is what I want to do. Okay, I'm gonna see myself doing it. I'm gonna sit there in meditation. I'm gonna or or don't meditate or you can just think about it throughout your day. But don't think about the how just yet. Start asking the questions, what do I want to do? Who do I see myself as? What do I really want to create? 
Watch yourself create that imagery. We talked about this when we're talking about emotions and feelings. Feel that, what that vibe is. Get out of your head of how it's gonna be created. And then you can kind of take steps backwards from that whole creation. So like if I'm talking about like wanting to build the retreat space, I see the whole retreat space. Okay, then work backwards. And what happens after that? What, happened, what happens before I had everything developed? Okay, well, I probably contacted some contractors either to come help me build it or I even had volunteers that came out to help me build it. I started tilling the field to be able to plant the crops in there. Okay, so that's how that works, blah, blah, blah. And then I started seeing the original building being formed of where we're going to have most of the spaces and I saw the spa get put together and, I, and then I'm picturing myself in the meetings talking to these people about how we're going to build the spa and who I'm going to call in to build the spa and who's going to help me run this place in the original space and, and you know, how we're going to develop the program and and then I'm going backwards even further to, you know, maybe there's only one building that's even there and we're out in tents and I'm bringing people to do this this retreat and go through the program and they're experiencing and having these crazy, beautiful experiences and transforming their lives and then they're telling their friends and then there's more business and more inflow. And then maybe I'm doing some sort of, uh, in the very beginning, having some sort of product that we can build, that we can create for the people that are actually working, that are helping me, that are volunteering, so that way we can bring in more funds or reaching out and connecting with investors. And then prior to that, I'm actually sitting in meetings, having this whole thing built out and being just on online, like, look, this is how we're going to get our water. This is how we're going to get this. We're going to make sure we tailor to the land and make it a self-sustainable place. We're going to have solar. We're going to have wind. We're going to have running water through this. It's going to be beautiful. A couple of wells here, here, here. Do you see it? Do you see the vision? Then I'm going to take you guys through and we're going to do a little session. I'm going to show you guys what we're going to do throughout this week of how this is going to be a transformational program. I'm going to watch you guys transform in that week. Boom. Then we're going to start talking about more investors and that's how that's going to flow. And that's going to bring into that. Then we're going to go backwards even further before I even have the land and I'm out trying to just reach to people and I'm doing yoga sessions and I'm out doing these things and I'm spreading the word and I'm bringing in clients. I'm having just individual clients and then at that point maybe I'm having more and more just you know groups clients we're doing group sessions I'm doing little group workshops we're doing them online or we're doing them in person somewhere and then prior to that you know I just bring myself <laughs> all the way back instead of like sitting in this space of holy shit right here okay now all that at yeah. the very end when you envision that from this space seems impossible looks huge it looks huge yeah looks so grand that there's no fucking way I'd be able to have a couple hundred acres and be able to do that. There's, sitting in this one two-bedroom apartment, like, just now, get, like, not even having a job, like, doing this, like, there's no way. That would seem impossible for most people, and they would give up right away. So I, I always break it down backwards. Um, and that's the best way for me to see it, to say, okay, that's what I got to do, blah, 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 blah. So I'm sitting in this space of like, okay, well, what can I do now? Because obviously I can't do all of that right now. So what can I do now? Well, I can sit and I can continue to visualize it and put the intention on it. That's energy enough. That's one thing enough that I can do. Well, I can also make sure I have a job. So I got another job so I can actually just sustain where I'm at. I can finish my yoga teacher training, but that's going to take some time. So I can just be here <laughs> and think about it and hold that energy and get rid of all those thoughts of how it's going to continue to fold out. Because that'll come. I have intention. I see what I need to do. And I just let the how fold out. I don't care if it's money. I don't care how that's going to happen. I know it's already there. I know it's going to happen. You're going to listen to this and a couple years later and be like, holy shit, there it is. Mm. Maybe not a couple years. I don't know how long. Because I don't care. I know it's going to happen. And that's... I would say 
the one programming that, that not a lot of people can get to. And that's the gift that I would love to give to be able to spread people to understand in themselves. Mm-hmm. And that's the really the mission that I'm on, is to get people to see that and to be able to come together as a whole community and change the world, whether I'm here alive to see that change happen or not. <laughs> Damn, bro, that's really beautiful. Thanks. Yeah, yeah. That's inspiring. That's just so heartfelt. I feel it. I see the vision. I believe in it. Thanks, bro. Yeah, bro. I see myself being a part of it. Like I do too. Yeah, it's beautiful. That's why I'm glad you hit me back up. <laughs> um, and yeah, I was gonna say something, but that's that's it took me a while to get to the place to know that that's why I'm here. Like, who I am. You know, and and also to get out of the space, like, when I started, like, learning a lot of these things, that space of where I was in this, that thinking I was the reincarnation of Jesus, when I was going through a lot of these trainings, I could feel that energy be pulled back up and be gaslighted. Mm-hmm. through a lot of that when well, no I am no different than you I am no different than anybody that's going to watch this I am no different than a 13 year old kid that's in high school that's in high school a 13 year old kid that's just going through his day I am no different uh, there's nothing you may think that there's something special but I don't believe that anymore I believe that I'm here to create this I believe that everyone can do exactly what I can do. And if you actually were to look at the teachings, that's really what Jesus was talking about. Just trying to get you to see that you don't have to seek outside of yourself to be the love and the uh, enlightened being that I'm telling you that I am, that you guys think I am because you see me do these things. I'm trying to tell you, you guys can do these things too. You guys can create the life that you so deserve. You just gotta ask for it. Mm-hmm. You gotta know that you deserve it, and that's also in the, it's also in some passage. I don't know how to quote passages, but there's some people that do. That's not me. <laughs> yeah, I just like I think of it as fire too. Just like the light of a fire. It's like this can light somebody else's torch. Then their torch can light a bunch of other torches. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. So that's all I'm trying to do. Um, and I'm excited to watch it happen. I'm enjoying the journey every day. Oh, Well, you said we close it? Yeah, man. Dope. That was, that was a, quite the story. That was crazy. I've heard it before, but like hearing it like this is... Yeah, now seeing it all put to together. It, yeah. Because you've also seen the other story of like... The actual, like, indoctrinated lesson kind of deal. You've seen that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's pretty cool. I feel like I, I got to see, like, the, I don't know what to call it, but, like, the precursor to, because, like, I, I met you after all that. Mm-hmm. And then I saw, like, our whole journey through what we went through. And then, yeah, just knowing, like, all this is, like, yeah, it gives me a bigger picture, more layers. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. 
And I'm in a, I'm in a different state. I'm in a different space than I was. I remember watching a video. Oh, we don't have to get this all in there. I'm going to stop this, actually. Thanks for tuning in, you guys. Yeah, thanks, guys. Love. Much love. Thank you for joining us on this episode of Swimming with Sepsi. If this resonated with you, please like, subscribe, and follow us on our YouTube channel or listen on all platforms or wherever you get your podcasts. Any support is greatly appreciated. You can find us on our Patreon page at patreon.com slash swimmingwithsepsi. You can also follow us on Instagram at swimmingwithsepsi. And if something did arise today, maybe you need some clarification or want some help or just need some guidance and don't know where to go, feel free to reach out to me via email, swimmingwithsepsi at gmail.com, or you can find my website at solelyliving.com where I offer coaching packages, readings, and things of that nature. Again, thank you for tuning in. Very grateful. Namaste. And we'll find you on the next episode of Swimming with Sepsi.